Well, hello there, freaks. It's your boy, Marty Bent, here to introduce this rip of RHR. Matt and I had a over two-hour rip. We got Henley in the lead at the U.S. Open now at four under. Wherever this tournament is being played, somewhere in California. Good rip. Mempools are cleared. Not a lot of software updates. What's going on out there? There seems to be a disturbance in the force. Matt and I go over it over the course of the next two hours. I hope you guys enjoy it. This trip was brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking Kasha. Bryson DeChampeau on a par three going off. Nowhere near the pin. Way above. But we're here to talk about the Cash App. Cash App's here to help you stack sets and sets. Receive sets and sell sets, if you so please. I wonder if Bryson DeChampeau is thinking about stacking after that decision he just made on on the par three here. Man, I may need to stack some sets to make up for the income I'm going to lose by by destroying this round. Cash App makes it easy to stack sats. You can DCA into sats. You can buy daily, weekly, bi-weekly, if you so please. Why are we saying sats? What the hell are sats? Sats are Satoshis. There's 100 million Satoshis or sats in one whole Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a fraction of a Bitcoin. You can stack whole sats instead. One cock buck, a.k.a. one dollar, is going to get you 2,652 sats on the market. Sats are going cheap. You get four figures for a buck right now, for half a buck. With that being said, Cash App also allows individuals to direct deposit paychecks into the app because they are offering account numbers and routing numbers. So it can be your bank account. If you haven't downloaded the Cash App yet, make sure you do so. Use the code stacking. That's S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. I had somebody chirping me, saying that, chirp, chirp, pun intended, that the Owl's sick. He's very sick. Owls Lacrosse. Owls Lacrosse. This rip was also brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. Some of our best friends are building incredible products for Bitcoiners with security in mind. And nothing personifies this better than their Vault product, which allows you to lock sats up in a two or three multi-sig where you hold two keys, Unchained holds one. Since you hold two keys in the two or three multi-sig, you have complete control over your sats uh, as while they're locked up in this vault. But if you're ever in a pinch and you only have one key on you and you need uh, somebody to sign that second key unchained via their vault program product, excuse me, is there to be that second, the two or three signatures. And they're offering a white glove concierge service for you freaks. That'll take you from zero, zero sats. You can have sats. You don't have to have zero sats for this to happen. But the, the whole concept of this white glove concierge service from zero to thousand cuck bucks worth of sats in an unchained vault of which, again, you hold two or three keys it's available to you, freaks, a special offer. If you tell them the TFTC sent you, if you want to get off zero, you you are buying Bitcoin, uh, but you want to make sure that you're taking custody, collaborative custody with Unchained is a way to do that. And they're going to offer you, freaks, $50 off this special if you want to go from zero to multi-sig. Uh, the, the package comes, again, uh, with multiple vi video calls where they're going to get you comfortable with multi-sig in general, uh, explain to you how it works, and they're going to get you comfortable with their Volt product specifically show you how that works how you can create private public key pairs 
how you can save the derivation path. They're going to get you some hardware wallets, get you comfortable producing the private public key pairs to those, uh, backing all that information up and so that you're comfortable. And then once you're comfortable, once you practice everything, they're going to dump a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats in your multi-sig vault. All right. So tell them TFTC sent, you're going to get $50 off that package. Then they have their OTC desk. If you're looking to buy in bulk, uh, in select states, Unchain is available. They have their blog with incredible content. They have their collateralized loans as well. Unchain building incredible products, teaming up with Nidig. Most recently, they did a raise with a bunch of other investors as well. They're on fire, on fire. Go to unchained-capital.com to check out everything they have going on, specifically their blog. If you're just like perusing and you want to get good information, send people to the Unchained blog. A ton of incredible content. And then if you want to check out the White Glove Concierge Service specifically, we will have a link to that in the show notes. This rip was also brought to you by our good friends at Hoddle Hoddle. Hoddle Hoddle is here. Another company doing collateralized lending. Uh, they had a big announcement recently. They partnered with Bitfinex recently. Uh, Bitfinex is loving what Hoddle Hoddle is putting down. And they're going to support them. And they've, they've supported them via an investment. But we're here to talk about Lend at Hoddle Hoddle, which is a new non-custodial backed lending platform that allows peer-to-peer lending and borrowing between users globally, anonymously, and on your own terms. Okay, there's no KYC, there's no AML, uh, and this is available to U.S. citizens, which is a rarity for Hoddle Hoddle products. And the way this is available to U.S. citizens because it's non-custodial. They're leveraging Bitcoin's native multi-sig properties to sort of skirt, um, to, to allow United States citizens to leverage this product again. So if you don't want to sell your Bitcoin, but you need some liquidity or comfortable getting that in the form of stable coins, you put your Bitcoin up in a two or three multi-sig uh, escrow wallet in which you hold one key, your counterparty holds one key, HODL HODL holds one key. So this is different in which you, you can't move the funds by yourself. However, since you have one key, you can keep check on the funds in that multi-sig escrow. So you know that's not being rehypothecated and they aren't lending your Bitcoin out uh, and, and potentially putting it in a risky situation um so that's the beauty of the huddle huddle product again if you're short front funds you don't want to kyc aml your bitcoin you don't want to sell your bitcoin you need some liquidity you put bitcoin up as collateral you get stable coins back and as long as you're paying that stable coin loan uh over the duration of the agreed upon le- uh, loan you're going to get your sats back at the end of the day in the multi sig escrow so and alternatively, if you have stable coins laying around, you want to get a yield on those, you can put those up to be lent out and people will lock Bitcoin up as collateral uh, and they will pay you back a yield on your stable coins that have been lent out. Create your offers and set your own terms on lend.hodlhodl.com today. That's lend, L-E-N-D dot H-O-D-L, H-O-D-L dot cam. Last but not least, this rip was brought to you by our good friends at Brains. Brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S dot com. Double I. Don't forget the double I. They're the team behind Slush Pool, which is the oldest mining pool in the industry. Uh, and they're also the team behind Brains OS Plus firmware, which allows you to stack more sats with your hash. You download the firmware on compatible mining models, and your your hash is going to go further than it would without the firmware. All right. Uh, and guess what? For you Brains OS Plus firmware users, Brains has launched the Brains OS Plus Manager, which is an online platform that allows you to remotely monitor and manage all of your ASICs running Brains OS Plus remotely. You can do it remotely again uh, on multiple devices. If you want to do it on your phone, your tablet, your laptop, whatever it may be, you can use multiple devices and you don't need to be on site 24-7 to manage all of this. The manager is and always will be free for Brains OS Plus miners and they can connect 
again, an unlimited number of devices. Security and efficiency were top priorities with Brains OS Plus Manager. It uses Stratum V2 for smaller and less frequent data transfers with all ASIC configuration and telemetry data being sent via encrypted connections. Again, this is important because it protects against man-in-the-middle and eavesdropping attacks. You don't want your hash to get jacked by a nefarious actor. So you can, by leveraging Stratum V2, Brains OS Plus Manager is, is reducing the potential for man-in-the-middle and eavesdropping attack. Again, less data transfer, encrypted data transfer makes it very hard if not impossible i'm not i don't want to say that in ad read because i know that's uh not kosher i'm and i'm not positive for details on the manager and how to set it up with your mining operation go to brains.com slash blog b-r-a-i-i-n-s.com slash blog and check out the brains os plus manager launch article again it's brains b-r-a-i-i-n-s.com slash pool we've been saying it when when slash pool update it's been coming right around the corner soon tm we should just say soon tm but when it does come soon TM. There will be uh, ultra flexible payout system, customizable mining reward splitting, and dark team for 27, 27 4 hash rate monitoring. You're going to get 27 hours, four days a week where you get dark theme, but um, the other hours and days of that 27 4 day week. I don't know what that is. So 27 4, that's 3 times 4, 12. So that's four and a half days. So two and a half days uh, is not uh, dark theme. If you're going by Uncle Marty getting dyslexic there, it's 24-7 hash rate monitoring. That's easy on the eyes. It's 24-7. I'm just kidding. It's not only certain days. Follow slash underscore pool on Twitter to see the announcement when the pool update goes live. And one last whoopsie for Edward Evenson. Come on. When, when what's minor? Enjoy this rip, freaks. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. We're recording and we're live. I messed up the cadence of that again, Matthew. Welcome back. At least you realize this time. Yeah. Yeah. The UX flow out of that. You're going from browser back to Zoom. You hit go in the browser. It goes live in Zoom. Little intricacies of the behind the scenes here at TFTC. Yeah. Didn't hit record first like I promised I would last week. No one's surprised, Marty. No, no. You're surprised the mempools are still empty. Let's discuss. Are we ever going to have a fee market? Is this okay? I think so. I think we will. Uh, I don't know. Is this okay? I guess that's that's the the better discussion to have right now. Is this okay? Should Bitcoin have more activity on Thursday, June 17th, 2021? I mean, I'm not going to be a uh, B-casher about it, you know. <laughs> Hodling is using Bitcoin, right? If if you're holding Bitcoin, you're using Bitcoin. But we're in the middle of a bull market. We're in the middle of a massive bull cycle. Uh, is anyone transacting? What's going on out there, guys? Anyone using CoinJoin out there? Opening Lightning channels. What's what's going on? Anecdotally, I, your cold storage. I've I've sent some transactions in the last week. 
many. Just trying to think of myself. I haven't yeah, used. Yeah, we're like two of dozens. <laughs> Apparently, or maybe Bitcoin's just becoming extremely efficient. Maybe uh, exchanges have upgraded to to Segwit. They're they're being more efficient with their. Or Marty, maybe maybe the overwhelming majority of new users are either plebs stacking on Robinhood and not taking custody of their coins because they're not allowed to, or they're Michael Saylor who's just buying you know half a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin and then doing a single transaction to a regulated custodian from one regulated custodian to the other regulated custodian. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Uh, Bitcoin getting pushed into these third parties, new users, institutional users. It's a very good point. I think, uh, and then we had this discussion last week, but do you think the more advanced users on the other end, a lot of them, a lot of us at least, I would say me personally, I'll just talk about myself, are using Lightning more and more. You think uh, the Lightning users who would have used on-chain in the past are having an effect on that as well? Sure. I mean, we already have our Lightning channels open. Uh, Lightning UX, I think, is better, if, especially if you're an advanced user and, and you disregard channel management. So if you're an advanced user and you know how to do channel management, actually making a Lightning payment is, is easier. I know I've been, you know, anecdotally uh, getting dispatch hats to freaks, and I only accept Lightning for that. They can't even send on chain or fiat. Um, but that said, I'm actively stacking, right? Like I'm fiat mining, I got my fiat income. And that involves multiple on chain transactions, right? I'm, I'm stacking, then I'm withdrawing to a hot wallet, then I'm coin joining, then I'm coin joining, coin joining, coin joining, coin joining, coin joining, and then I'm sending to cold storage. Are there like a 1000 of us doing that only? Like, <laughs> what's going on, guys? Like, uh, well, I guess it gets to a deeper question too. Like, should we be depending on those people only on providing uh, demand for transactions or transaction flow, if you will? Right? Like, what does it say about the state of Bitcoin right now? Like, I think uh, more of the blame would be on the institutional side, just keeping it in, in centralized custodians and new users, like you mentioned, just getting on to exchanges and never moving it off. The newest engagement hack on Twitter, maybe it's the most ethical of the engagement hacks, is here's a chart of some random on-chain metric. And this is why Bitcoin is going to $500,000, right? Like that, that is a classic automatic 1,000 likes, right? Um, yeah. The mempools are, are empty. Like, is that the only stat you want to look at? Is that the old, that's the ultimate on-chain metric. Yeah. Even the metric like, oh, like the stackers are increasing or whatever, like they're reusing addresses. Yeah. And so what, what do you think needs to be done to increase transaction demand for it? Or do you think it just needs to be coin joiners and people opening up lightning channels? Well, I think the freaks are ahead of the curve. I think the freaks are probably the not the majority of transactors, but they're, a they're like a healthy volume of transactors on the network. Um, and I think it starts with us, right? Like we need to go out and educate our friends and family. Like I've caught many, a, many a friends um, who just haven't withdrawn from exchanges. 
they've just been accruing a large balance on exchanges, right? And they're not comfortable with moving them off. Yeah. Um, which is ironic because to me, it's the exact opposite, right? Like I'm just not comfortable having money on a centralized exchange. Well, this would be a, like an interesting data project to look into and look at like exchange flows in the beginning of the year when the price was at all time high, when more people were FOMOing in and then look for like increased unexpected transaction volume activity like six months later as those users who were just newly onboarded go through the process of learning all this. Like, what do you think the median amount of time it takes from somebody just buying Bitcoin on exchange to understanding being comfortable with taking personal storage? First, first of all, shout out to our ride or die who, who come to this live chat every, every week. Uh, we love you all. I'm not in the live chat right now. What are these freaks saying? We have said Trinity in the live chat who's saying, you know, could it be that many are transitioning to using lightning? And I just like, I just want the freaks to, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just another fucking thing Matt's wrong about, you know, but I just, I feel like it seems like an awfully lazy, easy excuse to be like, oh, we're just all using lightning. Oh, and by the way, we have no hard metrics on lightning transactions. Like, oh yeah, but, but they're all using that. They've all switched to that, but we have no real metrics on it. And to answer your question, probably a year and a half or something, right? Like it's a long transition period. Maybe the freaks are quicker if they come in through us or they come in through a freak, like they have an Uncle Jim freak mm -hmm. and maybe it's like six months. The Uncle Jim, the uncle, the people, the nephews, the nephews of the, and the nephews and the nieces of an Uncle Jim probably transition the quickest because well, they just have a friend who's just sitting there with them. So this topic's providing a good segue into the first topic that we should do after Clark's dashboard, which is the ledger thing that's going on. Like the whole ledger um, fiasco is going on right now. Hackers mailing people fake ledgers using that data. Real at, ledgers. Real ledgers that have been manipulated right in back door. Right. Um, we'll get to that. Uh, but that like is another like headline that's like, oh, I, sh I can't do that. Like, somebody's going to steal my Bitcoin. So we need to approach that. Right now, according to Clark's dashboard, the price of Bitcoin is $37,710. That's 2,652 sats per cuck buck. Cuck buck. Cuck buck. Uh, we're currently at a $706.6 billion market cap. Uh, we're up to 687,976. Taproot has been locked in since the last time we met. Locked in Saturday morning, and then we had a difficulty adjustment over the weekend as well. That difficulty adjustment was a downward difficulty adjustment of 5.3%. Currently, blocks are coming in at 10 minutes and 57 seconds on average, uh, which is almost a minute above the 10 minute target. So, right now, the next difficulty is looking to be about 9% downward. Estimated to be on June 28th, 2021, as we were speaking. Uh, the mempool in Clark's dashboard is 4,491 transactions deep. We were speaking about coin joining earlier. This number's gone up. Whirlpool unspent capacity at 2,807.19 BTC or 105.9 million cut bucks in volume. Liquidity, excuse me. Was that Whirlpool? Mm-hmm. I always zone out when you say all the metrics. What what was what's the whirlpool Bitcoin number at? Uh, two thousand eight hundred seven point one nine BTC. That's really good. Yeah, it's the highest it's ever been. I think. Yeah, number go up. And number is going up. So, there are more people coin joining. Yeah, I mean, at least at least we have them. Yeah. So let's talk about the ledger um, story. 
uh, we teased it a little bit, but becoming aware that uh, a group of nefarious actors are leveraging the the customer data that got breached from Ledger last year and was made apparent to the market in July of 2020. Uh, hackers have taken that user data and they're now um, shipping um, ledgers that have been backdoored that they've taken physically and uh, added a backdoor to and mailing they, li- they literally put a USB drive inside the ledger case. Yeah, yeah. We'll get that. Yeah, so we're going to link to a a breakdown of this that was in uh, bleepingcomputer.com and they go into to exactly what happened. It's pretty You get randomly sent a hardware wallet that you didn't order. Like, do not plug that in. Especially if it comes with a poorly worded letter. <laughs> yeah. So, it co- so, so, so the thing with these, these phishing scams, right. Is like you, you, you have the full customer database got leaked. Um, I don't remember exactly. I think it was a million email addresses. And then a subset of that was full mailing addresses. But yeah. it's important to remember that if, your email address leaked from a different hack that was separate, maybe not even Bitcoin related, just a completely, like if Ticketmaster gets hacked and your address is there and your email address is there, they can cross-reference. So even if you're just your email address was exposed, if that email address was exposed and connected to your mailing address at some other point, the malicious people might have that as well. So when you see these types of attacks, what they usually do is they go for the lowest hanging fruit. So first, what happened? We got the text messages and the emails. You know, they just dragnet sent it out to everyone and now that they've drained all of those people the people that they were able to trick on that they've moved to a more expensive more complicated attack which actually involves them buying a ledger sticking a usb drive in it putting the malware in the usb drive packaging it back in the ledger box vacuum sealing it they do a full seal on it they put a little letter in it like we got hacked so here's a new device you should install this device or whatever and they're going to get a whole nother set and unfortunately, this won't be the end. After this, they're going to be a, a more sophisticated one that goes for the next set of low-hanging fruit until they completely drain as much Bitcoin as possible out of this breach. And I'm pretty sure Ledger hasn't posted about it yet, right? <laughs> I'm not sure. I think they would have learned after fumbling the reaction to the data breach itself, right? And this highlights the insidious nature of these data collection processes, whether it be from banks or third-party hardware wallet providers like ledger they keep this information on their database first names last names email addresses and shipping addresses like these hackers probably again matt was saying lowest hanging fruit like on top of lowest hanging fruit highest probability of of hitting a jackpot with your target so they probably use that data and cross-reference it with social media to like meticulously pick who they're mailing this to um, and just highlights the creepy nature of this all. They're like giving up this information really, and more importantly, holding this information on insecure databases at third parties puts people in physical harm. Like, what is the next? What is the next progression in the attack of going up from the low hanging fruit? Right. I mean, the next progression is like home invasions. Yeah, exactly. Um, most likely in 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 uh, jurisdictions that have poor gun rights. Yeah. Uh, and they know that people won't be armed and able to defend themselves. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why we need to get multi-sig up, uh, especially multi-jurisdictional multi-sig in, in different geographical locations, um, because it, it provides a it provides a deterrent, a general deterrent that an attacker will just assume that if you're a sophisticated Bitcoin user, that you're using that. Of course, if you're using a ledger, you're probably not a sophisticated Bitcoin user. Hey. They don't really have good multi-sig support anyway. 
Um, so that's troubling. Agreed. Agreed. You uh, might be a sophisticated shit corner though if you're using a ledger. Yeah. Didn't I hear so- something like uh, Chrome uh, basically made MetaMask incompatible with the browser or something like that? I don't know. I can't believe that their whole their their whole ecosystem over at Ethereum relies on a browser wallet, which is kind of crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean browser wallets were like notoriously the number one thing people told you to stay away from in like 2013, 2014. Trade offs. Well, it's a Bitcoin show. It is a Bitcoin show. Speaking of Bitcoin, Taproot activated. Let's talk about this a little bit. Uh Two million sats going to the Human Rights Foundation. Are you are you matching me? Yes, I'm going to match you. You can't say. You know, technically, yeah. I didn't lose the bet yet. Yes, you could have a series. Eh. There, there could be a fiasco in November. You'd have to have a crazy amount of hash rate come off the network. Well, the, no, the bet is activation, and we need people to update their nodes before That's- activation. So there could be shenanigans before activation. But I'm a man of my word. So even though I technically haven't lost the bet yet. I already paid HRF. I paid HRF within like one block of lock-in um, because I didn't want to be that guy, you know, but but right. if, it, if there are shenanigans, I will be that guy in, in the future. At the end of the show, I will donate a million sats to HRF. There we go. Um, what did I want to bring up? Sorry. Hey, let's go into this. So let's go over the nuance of this. So speedy trial was the chosen activation method, basically a minor signaling mechanism over... Was it six difficulty adjustments? Yes, three months. Three months. Three months. So we did this last time. Yes, yeah, six. So about six difficulty adjustments. Uh, basically, if ninety percent of miners signaled within a uh, a difficulty adjustment period, uh, Taproot would activate, and then at block height, it's seven hundred six thousand something something something. Uh, it's kind of officially activate on the network, but right now. Luke Dasher and a bunch of others have been pointing this out as of right now, only as the last time I checked, which was two days ago, uh, I believe it was 24.3% of the network was running core version 0.21.1 or higher. I guess reachable nodes is the... And those stats are kind of bullshit because that's why we have proof of work, right? It's like anyone can run nodes. I can go up after this, this show and just spin up a ton of old nodes on AWS and then that percentage will go down. Or I could go and I could spin up a ton of new nodes on AWS and that percentage goes up, um, which is kind of what we saw in Bcash land. Yeah. And this reminds me of a lot of talk that was going on during the Segwit2x is the nuance between like just your regular pleb full node and what what many people consider an economic node, like a full node that is. Well, mempools are empty, so there's no such thing as an economic node. (laughs) Economic node. Yeah. Maybe the economic nodes aren't. aren't touching the chain as much as we like like them to. That's not a weird coming. An ec- economic node by design is one that is transacting a lot, right? Yes. Well, that's the thing. Like One that is broadcasting and verifying a shit ton of transactions. Yeah, so these exchanges just built internal ledgers <laughs> that they're, they're just doing the accounting that way. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we have BTC pins, ride or die freak in the chat that says, Theoretically, we could UASF a, a block a taproot upgrade if we wanted to, freaks. So um, we have that in the cards if we want to save Matt a million sats. But I prefer if we didn't do that. Rehash that again. What's he want to do? <laughs> he wants the user activate soft fork to block taproot. 
Okay. All right. See how that would go over. I mean, technically, what that means is we just don't update. Yeah. So like, nobody updates. Let's talk, let's talk about this more. Like, what does what's it going to take to update in your mind? Like, just update Bitcoin Core. Yeah. So the the earliest version. If you're Apper compatibles version zero point two one point one. See, we had this conversation. Yeah, just update to the recent Bitcoin Core. But we had this we had this conversation on on the the node dispatch uh, this past Tuesday mm-hmm. because a lot of people are running the implementations, right? They're running the dedicated node implementations like the Raspi Blitz, the Ronin Dojos, the Noddles, the My Nodes, the Start Nines, the Umbrals. Um, and so like you're kind of at the mercy of them updating. Yeah. But they all they're all going to update. It's not contentious. So they're all update. You just press update on your fucking device. It's important for people to realize why we don't have auto updates because if you had auto updates, then the devs can just push it forward. So fortunately, none of the major node implementations have auto updates. That's why Bitcoin Core doesn't have an auto update function because Ultimately, at the end of the day, the end user has to go and they have to manually update if they want to change the rules that their node is is running the network on. Right. That's super important for censorship resistance. Yeah, I know this is maybe a dumb question. You guys probably covered it on dispatch, which I missed this week. But if that's the case, like, is there an onus on the node providers to give you the option to download different implementations? Uh, yes. Yeah, so right now it's not contentious, right? Yeah. But there was a question like in a contentious node environment, in a contentious fork environment, um, how would these different node teams uh, deal with it? And pretty much the consensus was that they'd offer both options, right? Yeah, which I think is... But, the- but Marty, that is the safe PR answer to say now. If we were in an actual contentious situation, who the fuck knows? You know, maybe they'll be like, oh, the code for that isn't safe or verified, you know, or we're not going to offer that to our people. So one thing that was mentioned that is really, I think, important is the ability for people to easily migrate between them. So you have this check, even everything else, everything else equal. If you have the ability to easily switch uh, between implementations um, you have that ultimate check on the dev team if, if they if they don't have their act together, right? Yeah. So easily switch your full node from like core to Libitcoin and have like the same state because right, they're different in the sense that like Libitcoin doesn't notice UTXOs or transactions. I'm not even going that far. So what I'm saying is just two different versions of Bitcoin core, uh, right? Like so, like in the uh, most recent implementations, like so, like the most recent Taproot situation, right? Yeah. Um there was that core fork that had the Taproot UASF in it, right? Yes. And Keto Miner said, if Taproot didn't get the miner signaling support and it started to go on, that he would have offered in Noddle basically two buttons. Okay. Taproot UASF or let the miners continue to decide core. And he would have given those two versions. Um, yeah, it's an interesting uh, decision that these node providers have to it gets really bad if one gets like if like 80 percent of plebs are running a single node implementation then it gets really dangerous in those kind of situations yeah especially if they have a restrictive license and you can't legally change it yourself which is why the migration is is extra important in that situation that you're able to easily migrate 
Yeah. Speed bumps, growing pains, data. Learning new things about the uh, the Bitcoin network as we go, as these uh, updates get added to the protocol. So if everything goes as planned, we don't have any crazy fuckery with. Probably will. With hash rate coming on and off the network, fucking up the difficulty adjustment variants, and uh, more people downloading the software that makes it compatible. Sometime in the middle of November, I saw, um, I just know him as, as like at JB22 on Twitter. He, he, he ran some function. I think it said November 14th as of two days ago would be the day that we would hit the block that would officially activate Taproot if enough people have the software downloaded. So right. it'll be interesting to see if. Well, then once we activate Taproot, right? If you don't update, your node won't see taproot addresses. They won't. Your node won't even know taproot's activated. Um, but that's why that's what makes it a soft fork, right? The backwards compatibility there. Yes. Um, which is similar to what happened with Segwit. If you have an old node, it just doesn't even know Segwit addresses exist. <coughs> now it's obviously it's going to take time for services and transactors, if there are any transactors out there to start using taproot addresses right they've, they've it took a while for segwit addresses to be used it's still the, i think the majority are still non-segwit right i think isn't that like the one thing blockchain.com started <laughs> warping about was that they finally like adopted so, that's right, so freaks you have one addresses they start with a one that's the legacy address and then you have the three addresses which is the wrapped segwit if it starts with the three is like a compatibility SegWit address that was easier to add into wallets and services. And then you have the native SegWit addresses that start with the BC1. And now you'll have a new address format that is taproot addresses. Um, and and so, so to get any kind of privacy benefits out of taproot addresses, we need people to actually use them. Otherwise, there'll just be like 10 people using taproot addresses in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, you need, it comes down to the wallet providers creating experiences that incite people to use it as well to use the benefits, right? Um, right. Dr Drone Zone just commented. I I called it wrapped segwit. It's nested segwit, but yeah, nested segwit. So nested segwit is a three, as Matt mentioned. Um, native segwit is the B one, and that's part of like the Beck thirty two address structure. And I believe that has like sixteen possible versions. So version zero was the native segwit, and then version one will be taproot or one two i can't recall the the actual technical explanation of it off the top of my head but yeah so mid-november more extendability hopefully more privacy uh schnorr signatures is uh is added as well right um ch -ch -ch. mining council hand up i fell asleep on the couch while it was going on did you have it on no, I fell asleep. I was watching the Sixers. So you didn't even turn it on. No, no. Yeah, I've been so, doing some soul seeking. Like, what? How am I going to? Obviously, everybody who listens to this or has listened to this for some time knows I'm associated. I work with Great American Mining, building out that company. Um, yeah, and this whole mining council thing is. Yeah, it's, it feels like it's just being thrust uh upon people and there's like a, a light nudging to contribute and i was like yeah i don't know first of all there's there's a couple of things they officially launched earlier in the week bitcoinminingcouncil.com um michael saylor flexing his domain hoarding abilities right? that's actually a 
if you're a Bitcoin mining council, it's ideal domain name. Um, so they have a website now. Uh, yesterday, they did a, a Twitter Spaces, which is Twitter's clubhouse thing where you can speak on Twitter live um, and they choose who can speak and who can't speak. And I guess there's a lot, large amount of people in there. Hopefully someone recorded it. You know, I, I, I didn't I didn't I was at family dinner. I didn't listen to it at all. Um, hopefully someone recorded it and recapped it. So I don't really have anything uh, to comment on that. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, besides what we've already said about them. Um, yeah, no, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see. As you can see on their site, it's all voluntary. If people want to contribute, they can. Um, it starts, that's how it always starts. Oh, it starts, yeah. I mean, you freaks know my thoughts. Like, I think it's like, I was thinking about it before we... Uh, sat down to record today and i know he triggers a lot of people in the space but has recently downloaded a full node and said more positive things about bitcoin uh, ben hunt at epsilon theory um he he has this great paper on the nudging state like just you lightly get nudged and nudged and nudged until you wake up one day uh you're you're in essentially a prison cell of, of your own making slowly over time frogs boiling water blah blah blah, blah. and this just feels like the beginning of a light nudge down a slippery slope that isn't uh, advantageous for the North American Bitcoin mining industry. My, my particular opinion. The general premise is if, if you don't play ball with the mining council and you try and be an American miner, you're going to have problems with being profitable or like, you're going to have regulatory issues. You're going to have, they're, they're, they're basically going to coerce you into joining. Yeah. I mean, again, rented about this many times. The it's all driven by the ESG movement in the capital allocation space which is another movement that i don't think is advantageous for humanity in general i and i will repeat that i still think the esg thing is a distraction for the clean coin bullshit where it's they're going to start deciding which transactions get included in a block and which is part of it right I, I don't mean clean as in environmentally no, clean that's like social oh that's the s yes i guess yeah I'm sure. Yeah. What a horrible acronym. You gotta, you gotta transact like in a socially acceptable way. Right. It's there's, there's three parts to it. They're drawing everybody in with climate, 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 playing to emotions. And it's, Hey, you have to accept, uh, you can only raise money, uh, from these institutional investors. If you check out the social and governance, which means you have to run your business a certain way, um, and hire a certain way. You're not allowed to build it the way you see fit, which again, well, top down control of economy is not ideal. On the bright side, as long as mining remains distributed and located around the world, ideally in smaller mining operations rather than large corporate mining operations, um, Bitcoin will be unaffected. Uh, the miners that have to deal with regulatory requirements from the U.S. government and other North American governments or governments around the world will have worse profitability. Um, and they will do worse than their competitors in smaller operations that are located in better jurisdictions. Um, except if you are yourself a miner in one of those jurisdictions, uh, like Marty is, and then you're going to have to deal with that even more. So good luck to you. Um, and I hope to see mining distribute globally as much as possible. It, I, I do as well. I think it will. I'm optimistic doing my best here freaks, but this brings up another good mining topic that you didn't have on the list, but I wrote about yesterday in the bent and just highlights another interesting trend in the mining 
in North America market specifically, which is like demand response, mining on grid, like being massive, which it certainly is right now. It's very profitable right now, but we're just getting more examples throughout the world. Again, maybe I have my tinfoil hat on, maybe I'm being a little, um, a little exaggerating a little bit, but we got another example yesterday, Kazakhstan plans to cancel tax-free regime for miners. Uh, there's been a bunch of miners migrating to Kazakhstan to plug in there. It's close and relatively cheap. And apparently miners had a, a tax uh, break in Kazakhstan, but as more miners from China flooded in and started taking electricity from their grid, they cut the tax. Therefore, or excuse me, they, um, they cut the tax-free um, exemption. They no longer have the tax incentive. And, well, they no longer have the tax incentive, but most importantly, not having that has pushed their price of electricity probably above the point of, of profitability. So um, more miners aren't going to go there. So you have these political and pricing risk on the grid. Um, and we've seen this before, like Hydro-Quebec is crazy. Writing yesterday's newsletter and, and rehashing Hydro-Quebec and you go to like Coin, Coindesk and you find stories from January with like the with the headline, Quebec lures cryptocurrency miners as China sours on industry. So you have like the China FUD. It's been around. This is January 2017 or 2018, excuse me. And then in July 2018, uh, Quebec has issued a moratorium on new cryptocurrency mining operations. So like luring them in with this cheap energy and and then something happens politically, whether it just becomes uh, something where they don't like the Bitcoin miners are using so much electricity, even if they have X amount of excess electricity. Or I think, I, Marty, like, I mean, I think you would agree a lot too. And they just want to raise taxes. Like, oh, these Bitcoin miners make a lot of money. Let's raise the price. And they don't realize that. <laughs> the operations are very reflexive to the price of electricity. So it'll turn off. I mean, I think in general, you would agree that just, you know, with mining, there's a diseconomy of scale, right? It's like, you can only, when you're looking for the cheapest, most efficient power possible, there's only so much of it at any given spot, just like physics, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so like, right now it's not, it's just, I don't want to say it's a warning, but it's just like, Hey, let's, Let's not pigeonhole the industry into the certain uh, uh, form of energy uh, delivery and say this is going to be the way it's done in the future um, and just be open to like, hey, if you actually play this out logically, demand for mining increases, demand for Bitcoin increases, the fly loop, flywheel, excuse me, keeps keeps going. Like, like John Seth says, Bitcoin miners are energy pirates are going to go to grids with excess capacity and cheap energy and they're going to suck that out and then go into the next one so just be aware be aware freaks yeah i think i think long term we naturally have that on our side the question is if we get we have to get past the hump uh which i think we're we're getting we're getting farther and farther past that hump which is nice yeah um, and that's not the like and that's so that hump too right that's where the like people should play that arbitrage but just know that risk in the long term like that, that cheap energy arbitrage that exists on grid with excess energy. Get it while you can, but I, I think long-term plan to move off grid to some capacity at least. Um, we Just before we move on, we have Joao in the comments saying, we clearly didn't listen to the Mining Council uh, Twitter spaces um, because it was very positive compared to how they last spoke. And yes, like we literally said that in the beginning that we did not listen to it, so... Um, if they were very positive, that's, that's great. Um, I think Bitcoiners should be skeptical no matter what. Um, yeah, that's it. 
Yeah, and he, he like wasn't gonna bring him up. Wasn't gonna bring him up. But now I feel like then you have like Elon tweeting today, like, "Where's the data for like the clean energy?" It's like, oh my god, we've like forced ourselves into this terrible debate frame. And then we're now like, oh, like, well, actually, the data's here. It's like you should don't ever put your yourself in a position where you have to be like, oh, the data's here, and you fall into the framing they put in front of you. Which is also it. like I don't want Bitcoiners to be like like he also says in here he's like some of them were very supportive of the idea of Stratum V two and stuff like <laughs> I just there's like we 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 can't be like intellectually lazy and just be like don't worry like in the future we're gonna have this thing that's gonna do this thing and it's gonna be good you yeah. know you gotta constantly just be on your toes I want the freaks to constantly be on their toes um, if Stratum V two gets implemented. And like a large threshold of pools use it. That's fantastic. Like, that's great. You know, um, does that really change the dynamics of large corporate miners that are all going to be part of the same whitelisted pool anyway, and are going to build transactions based on the same whitelist? No, it doesn't. Is it out yet? No, it isn't. You know, so we just need to remain on our toes and, and constantly vigilant. That's all. Always vigilant. Always on your toes. Yeah. If somebody recorded it, please share the recording with me. Uh, we got FTB said that it was bullish. Bullish. Okay, good FTB. Well, he's also a he's 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 a reformed. Tesla. He's a Tesla apologist. He reformed. I don't know. I don't know if we take his word for it, Matt. FTB's got a good head on his shoulders. Okay, he does. He does. He's got good stogies too. All right. If anything, be aware. Be vigilant. Be uh, think of the slippery slopes. At the very least. Uh, speaking of mining in New York, we've been covering it for since the news dropped about last month. Uh, the New York uh, legislator had a bill on the floor that would have put a three-year moratorium on mining within the state. Uh, but it seems like that uh, that bill is being pushed due to the fact that New York Electricians Union, union uh, successfully fought the ban. They wrote a, a letter to the state uh, about the amount of jobs that the mining industry can provide good jobs at that. And we can attest to this, a great American mining Austin tweeted out um, a couple of days ago, just in our warehouse alone building containers. I think we have 19 workers in the warehouse. So creating jobs, it's uh, eating up excess energy, uh, providing the world with a sound monetary good in the digital age. It's good. It was good to see New York, uh, push this and this union stand up um that would have been tragic if, if it was actually successful um i mean it would have been tragic for new york tragic for new york tragic for humanity too the way that bill was written the, the amount of typos and the, the blatant disrespect for the technical underpinnings of bitcoin was nauseating if that had made it to the floor and passed uh, a a civilized society a quote-unquote civilized society i would question whether or not it was civilized um so yeah that would have been bad. You would have had like the Greenwich um, facility up up in the uh, the Finger Lakes shut down. I'm pretty sure Coin Mint has some locations there. Could be wrong, but you know, it was pretty cool to see like uh, like an old American institution like the New York Electricians Union fucking stand up. Yeah, being from New York, does that have a lot of clout? I mean, I just just I mean, unions have a ton of power, right? They've historically had a ton of power in our country. What's like the union hierarchy? Where's what's the most powerful union? Not a union special. This is not a union podcast. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you one thing, like 
the upper management of the New York Electricians Union are not, they're not inherently Bitcoiners, right? And it's cool to see these different stakeholders emerge. I'll tell you one thing, they're definitely not pro proof of stake, you know, and they're just, they like came in from a completely different direction, right? I mean, I remember when we were in Miami, we were talking to your one friend who came in from the oil and gas industry, right? And he had like a completely different introduction, awakening to Bitcoin than I did, right? And I imagine it's similar with these electricians, right? Like there, there's probably, you know, a 60 year old electrician in that union who's been, you know, smoking cigarettes at the union headquarters for the last 40 years, who has no idea how Bitcoin works, but thinks the mining aspect is really fucking cool and like help champion the, the protest, which is kind of awesome to see. Yeah, it's interesting work and there's a lot to be built in terms of like power distribution units, which take the voltage from your power generation, our generators, convert it um, to the voltage necessary for the particular miners. So you have to build power distribution units for specific mining models. There's very interesting uh, what Austin's told me about like the electrical engineering side. It's like it's it's a, a new problem. It's like canvas so it has to be fun like as an electrician like working with this new technology that um that has so many nuances to it from from the asic perspective bingo Boom. um all right am i no new yorker still maybe a little less of a new yorker today it was good to see this from the union one strike for the unions as well Oh, G7 leaders. What did what do we think about the G7 in general? There's nine of them. They they there's seven of them. No, there's like nine countries in the G7 now. It's it's G7 though. I, I know it's very confusing. The seven stands for the number of countries. Um, but they invite like nine countries to stand. I up. know. I think they like have like guests that aren't actually G7 member countries. And it was the G8 before, correct? G8 includes Russia. Yeah. So but then G they got mad at Russia. So then they went down to G7. A lot of memeable moments coming from this G7 convention. What are the what are the num What's the countries? Uh, U.S., Canada. Fran we tried this once before. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google this. This kind of France, so the Queen of England, so England, uh, Germany, Merkel's there, Japan, South Africa, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, United Kingdom, and the United States. Italy. I think South Africa was invited. Did I say Italy and Italy? I got six out of seven. I'll take that. And then they like invite they invite people. They invite extras. Yeah. That was just like a complete clown show with like the fucking elbows and all the fucking. I mean, that's, I mean, I think just the photo ops from that alone, like them standing outside in that re really weird uh, position where they're like lying. You didn't say China. China and Russia are not in the G7. I did not say China. Okay. A freak in the live chat confused me. Just want to make sure. No, China is not in, I don't believe. No, no, no. It's like America's friends is the G7. It's so they say it's the most developed countries in the world, but it's America. It's like the American Alliance. How much does that piss everybody else off? Like, hey, we're the seven most developed countries in the world. Right. Get on our level. 
God, modern day politics. It's our MO. All a clown show. It's all clown show. And that was the newsletter on Friday of last week. We need to ridicule these people. They are clowns. It is a clown show. This is a clown world now. Like we just need to ridicule these people. Like they're complete hypocrites. It's like, and you can see in the picture where they're like social distancing in the background. There's people that are with them in their parties and they're standing like a foot away from each other, talking to each other. Well, no, so they, they did the, they did like the elbow thing. And then they stood in like that weird, it looked like they were in a reality show where they were like standing oh away from each other. And then immediately after that, they had a cocktail party where they were just right next to each other as it should be to be fair. Right. Yes. But the beginning part was just all an act. And then also what pisses me off is the cocktail party is all the help wears the masks. Right. And it's like, really, it really showcases like the income inequality. And you see this, right. When we were in Miami, in Miami, no one wore masks except the service people, the Uber drivers and the service people were almost a lot of the service people were minorities. Right. So you have situations where like you're, you're walking around the South or whatever, and it's just none of us are wearing masks and just like all the minority service people are wearing masks. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. There's more yeah, minority. That's going to last for a while. I feel like that's I was wrong I hate about, that. about the restaurants right now. I was like, and I always ask the waitress like, yeah, do you hate wearing that? And bar down. They're like, yeah, this sucks. I can't wait till it's over. And again, it's just completely logically inconsistent. Um, Whenever that, I'm at a bar, I tell them to just like the, if I'm at the bar with the, just me and the bartender, I just tell the bartender to take it off. Yeah, and dude, again, the best tip you can give them. It's crazy how much theater there is. Like like I mentioned in the beginning, I was watching the Sixers game. I I didn't pick this up last night, but last week I was watching one of the games, and they do this thing where like they they have the sideline interviewer interview a player in the paint, but they're they're holding the mic on like an eight foot stick. And like you can see in the background, people like standing within six inches of each other, like speaking into each other's faces. And it's all theater. Like the, the dude takes that mic, turns around. The <laughs> best part was talk, talking about sports. The best part was uh, when like the coaches would wear the mask, but then when they screamed at the players, they would lower the mask. Oh. It, was like, it was like, okay, dude. Uh, it's But whatever. I, I was wrong about that. I was completely wrong. I remember if, the cool thing about RHR is you can go back and we – I, we didn't miss a week during all of COVID. Marty had a kid. Doubled up. Fucking evacuated New York. Like, we didn't miss a fucking week. We were there with you freaks every week. And you can go back. It's like a fucking time capsule. And I said, I mean, technically, by the way, masks, wearing more than two people wearing masks together in New York City is still illegal based on their, like, anti-riot law that they had from, like, the 1800s or whatever. And I said, I was like, they're going to... They're going to make us, you know, take off the mask as soon as possible. And I was wrong. I was absolutely wrong about that. Like, they're going to last. It feels like they're going to last a long fucking time. But I just stopped. I'm. Fuck that shit. It will be interesting to see you how. You have to just draw the line, man. Right. And I, 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 for the service workers out there, like, I want to get them on our side of the line and, like, have the restaurant owners let them take off their mask if they want but to. The problem is that we live in a litigious society, too. That's true. So it's like on the service side, it's all liability shit. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. Abundance of caution. Because they put up the signs, they put up the signs like you you have to wear a mask, but then they're not going to stop the patrons from wearing it. But if something happened, they're like, "Well, there was a sign." <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is, it's the litigious angle. So but anyway, we kind of got sidetracked here for the G seven. Yeah, G seven ransomware is a priority now. They're going hard on the ransomware stuff. 
what do we say? I mean, they like ransomware is a major threat to them. They just have it from the wrong angle, but ransomware is escalating. It's going to keep escalating. Who's escalating the ransomware though? Like, why not levy these attacks earlier? Look, is is are are the ledger are the ledgers fake ledgers going out of false flag, or is it just our systems are insecure? So smart people in Eastern Bloc countries are taking advantage of it. Yeah, it's a hard question to answer. Our systems have been insecure for a long fucking time, and Bitcoin now enables easy profitability off of it. Um, and that's not Bitcoin's fault. That's the insecure system's fault. Um, and we need to secure our systems. I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Threatening Putin in a closed door four hour meeting is not going to solve the ransomware problem. Do you, do you Creating have- a cryptocurrency working group is not going to solve the ransomware problem. You're going to have to secure the systems and it's going to be painful. People are going to have to get burned and then they're going to secure the fucking systems. That is a very good point. Like we just need to do it. But like, and so how do we frame it and turn it from ransomware is bad crippling our grids, crippling our supply chains. Therefore, we need to ban Bitcoin because it's enabling it. That's what will be argued. How do we turn that from? No, we need to secure our systems. Like what what line of thinking? I think they're going to try the lazy options first, which the most obvious low-hanging fruit is ban ransomware payments. So if you're Adobe and you get ransomware, they're going to make it illegal for Adobe to pay, like don't negotiate with terrorists, right? And there's going to be, and there's just going to be a bunch of companies that get fucked because they can't pay the ransom legally. Ooh. And they're just not going to be able to recover their data. What's the, what's the legality of that though? Like at what, to what extent can the government prevent? It's like sanction stuff, right? Yeah. That's a very interesting point. If you put the ransomware gang on the sanction list, then you can't pay the ransomware gang unless you violate sanctions rules. Well, they should just take part of this infrastructure bill. They're starting to posture um, this way as well. Internet grids, well, grids already included, but internet now included in critical infrastructure. Um, and so they want <clears throat> to, to sort of paint it like, all right, we can help out with that infrastructure bill. Why not create a bug bounty system says all right go attack all of our critical symptoms systems no one wants to pay enough for the bug bounty marty (sighs) but like the same reason like instead of paying a bug like would they come in and scoop up like a hundred grand uh instead of paying bug bounties why don't you just fucking fix your systems like why don't you hire some more engineers to fucking make your systems more secure are there good are there enough good engineers i guess that's another question i think people and companies have been lazy and they're fucking paying the price now. And the one cool thing is, you know, it's like the it's a, it's a free market approach to securing your systems. Is is if you don't fix them, you're gonna get, it's gonna cost you more. It's cheaper to fix your fucking shit now than to wait around and have your whole fucking network get taken over. No, agreed. Like I don't think any portion of the infrastructure bill, if allocated by uh, any administration let alone the Biden administration would would actually solve the problem. So I agree, yeah. If you're running a ledger, if you're running a company with sensitive data, work on securing your systems. That's another, like, eh. like how, do we, how do we get more good system admins? 
the the EU, the European Union, right, released a far-reaching, burdensome privacy bill, right? That 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 ledger fell under. Mm-hmm. What is it? I I this is like uh, PSBT. What? MLD five. No, no, GPDR, GDPR, data protection, GDPR. Yeah. Right. Um, they released that right, like two years before Ledger got hacked. That oh, that burdensome regulation didn't protect user privacy in practice. What did more for user privacy was Ledger got completely fucking owned, and they will never let that happen again. Like they they regardless of how you think they handled the aftermath i you can you can bet your fucking everything that they're in the background they're like we can never let this fucking happen again right i would hope so, would hope so. but gdpr didn't do that it's a good point bitcoin fixes this secure your systems you won't have to spend your bitcoin and be able to handle it um yeah but do you think this ransomware thing they're going to lead into it you think that's the next big attack? The energy stuff's getting a little played out. You know, I don't really think it's like that. I don't think it's that effective of an attack. But we'll see. You don't? Why not? I I just, I don't, you know... I I, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see the 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 will to to use that kind of thing i don't i don't think they have the but dude um, if like another meatpacking facility gets taken out like another pipeline and like ransomware ransom, they get taken every day crippling our systems but not like inflation what was the so this was the producer print this week on tuesday it dropped 6.6 percent year over year it's taken into consideration we had uh obviously the shutdowns around this time last year but this is like end of the supply chain um, uh, producers, their prices went up 6.6%. If you think at the producer level, it's going up that high and then to get the good to market, you have to ship and add cost onto it at every part of the way. Like those, those costs definitely are going to continue to be passed down to consumers. So like we have inflation here, ransomware's up, like they're going to need a scapegoat. Um, Will it be big? I think Bitcoin's causing the inflation. It's causing, it's incentivizing the shutdown of all this stuff. It's my least favorite topic. Okay, we'll move on. We'll move on. But, but I don't, I don't, I, I think ransomware is, is a lay, way less effective. It's too es- esoteric of an argument for the populace than wealth redistribution. And I think if you see Bitcoin pump the way we expect Bitcoin to pump, uh, you're going to have the Elizabeth Warrens of the world really rallying around wealth redistribution. Yep. And that's a way easier sell to the general public than Cisco has an insecure system and paid $3 million in a bounty to some random Ukrainian gang using Bitcoin. I, I agree, but why not add them? Why not combine sure, them? Sure, maybe. Somewhere and inflation at the same time, income inequality, it all adds up. Bitcoin. Sure. The cause of all of our problems. I'll tell you one thing: the ransomware gangs are actually using the mempools. <laughs> mm, well, I was going to say I'll take it, but would that be would that be a an unfavorable statement? Would that be a not wise statement to make an unwise statement. 
interesting. It's securing our systems, transaction fee, incentivize the security of our systems. Maybe it's just one FBI agent and another. Ryan Warwick in the comments have stated this well. He said, most C-suite execs see cybersecurity as a compliance and insurance issue. They are necessary costs, a pill to swallow. That's not real security. A genuine security first posture will take time, change of heart, and I would add to that pain, a lot of pain. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you for that. That color, Ryan. Uh, Ukraine. Let's go on the Ukraine. Ukrainian police nab six tied to clop ransomware. So ransomware is still the topic. Uh, Ukrainian police came down on six individuals. Yeah, I see. I think this is how we're going to see ransomware fighting happen more. Where they're going to go after individuals. Most of these guys are very sloppy. Yeah, and, they're, and it seems like it's very unorganized groups of these ransomware. Like the case with, what was it? Um, Dark Sky. What was the uh, Dark Side? Dark Side. That's what it was. Uh, they were like licensing it out. That's what seems to be the case here too. Right? They're saying they don't believe that anybody they caught were the actual creators of of Claw. Supposedly these were like the these were like the money laundering part of the operation okay. in the Ukraine. Young kids too. They did twenty raids at once. And they got Krogers. Damn, they came after Krogers. To like a bunch of universities. Yeah, they're getting everybody. They're getting everybody. Um, so yeah, all right, another. But that's what I'm saying. Like those universities makes me believe you're come come closer to your side of the argument, where it's just completely uh, fragile systems that are being exposed by teenagers in Ukraine. Like, make... Did you see what we got like fucking tagged in with the Southwest thing? I mean, yeah, like it, they had to ground their whole, their whole. Yeah, they had delays and stuff because their networks went down. Yeah, and someone, someone tagged me and you, and they were like, "Marty was right. Like these are false flags." Whitney was like, right. That was that wasn't even ransomware. That that was it was it was just a you know it was they didn't claim it was ransomware. They don't mention Bitcoin anywhere in the article. They just have really shitty systems. Like, does anyone think Southwest has a good network? Like, they they have very good IT engineers and shit over at Southwest, like running a really great secure computer system. Does anyone actually believe that? No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, the planes themselves, a lot of them are. Like, They're a heavily subsidized zombie business living in a fiat world. Hey, I will give Southwest credit for revolutionizing the boarding process. Just like get in, get in line, you cattle. Between one one A and one twenty six and or A twenty six and B twenty six. They're the best boarding process in the business. It really is. They figured that out. And there's no technology involved. It's just like, hey, look at the number on your on your ticket. It wouldn't work if there was. Get in spot. Right? Get in line. Uh I just almost uh knocked over my whole setup here. Yeah, speaking of G seven still, it's all emanating from ransomware in the G seven. Biden and Putin met for four hours. Matt already alluded to this with the U.S. threatening cyber response to ransomware. That's what I was going to ask you earlier, but didn't get the chance to get it out. Do you remember the 16 talking points? That they what talked? 16 talking points? That was like, that's the only thing I gathered from their meeting was like, we talked about 16 bullet points that Russia needs to meet if we're going to continue working at. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't. 
ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's like we said it earlier, but it's like so crazy how overtly it's just theater. It's just, I don't know, maybe it was exhaustion after last year and people being more aware of it. But that G7 meeting, is it me or is that like the worst photo op? It was pretty bad. Like, where were their handlers? They should have done it better. Right. That one meme that came out of it where they're like looking up. What was that photo? What were they looking at? Was there like a flyover or something? Right. They all have like the O face. It's like, ah. Oh. He has an American. You'd think they'd be better at it, you know? That's the other, like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, we, we both at the same time. They're that bad. Like, they didn't yeah. wherewithal to have the uh, awareness to try to fake it better than that. Like, they're getting lazy. They're all old as fuck. So they're all like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't care anymore. At the same time, we believe that they're completely incompetent and they're like, what the fuck are they doing? But, at, and then they're also like pulling off the most sophisticated fucking operations possible. Right. And they're thinking like 12 moves ahead. Maybe it's somewhere in the middle. It's probably most likely somewhere in the middle. Yeah. That was the weirdest fucking meeting. It was just, right? so bad. they should just not even posted photos. Just like fucking do closed doors. Great meme fodder though. Like the, them on the chessboard. And they're set up like bowling pins. Like it, lo- it looked like a bad Bravo reality show. <laughs> Dude, it looked. What it looked like. Looked worse than that. Yeah, it looked like a bunch of politicians trying to film a, a Bravo reality show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, U.S. Dems form a cryptocurrency working group. Uh, Say so this is separate from from Cynthia Lummis, correct? From Senator Lummis. Yeah, because she's a Republican. Oh, Maxine Waters. Oh God. This is the haters. Yeah, Maxine Waters, uh, who leads the House Financial Services Committee, she's joining up with all the haters, Senator Warren, and all the haters to talk about stable coins. What do you think about Mark Cuban getting rug pulled and asking for more, for more on stable coins? I mean, he should stay humble and stack sets. What was the fucking coin called? Like he he wrote it. I don't want to show it. Like that? What? Oh, my bad. It was called Titan. Yeah. And he like wrote a whole article, a blog about it, and, like pumped it. He's like a, a two bit scammer. He's he's like full in DeFi or whatever. He's like 2017 ICO scammer. Oh, yeah, 100%. Blueprint. Like, hey, write the medium article. Just talk about the white paper. Talk about um, Did he drop MP equals uh, P or MV equals PQ? <laughs> did you see his comment? His comment was key. Thought it was kind of scammy, so he pulled out of it, and then it kept going up, and he was like, oh, maybe I'm wrong. So then he bought back in, and then he got rug pulled. <laughs> Dude's a fucking billionaire. That... Billionaire playing fucking shitcoin games, and this is what happens. And then instead of learning from it and trying to use his platform to help other people, he huh. decided that there was nothing really wrong with it except that the space is underregulated. Yeah, such a scumbag. <sighs> he's li- I think Naraj posted it from Coin Center. He's literally the meme of the dude riding the bike with the stick and putting it in his own spoke. He's like, ah, it's a lack of regulation. <laughs> this is the second time he's fucking done this, where he's gone from Bitcoin as a scam and then jumped straight into shit coins in the middle of a cycle. He did it 2017 and now he's doing it this time. Yeah, cycle. he was pumping shit coins in the ICO bubble. 
And then he went back to Bitcoin's a scam. He called Bitcoin worse than bananas. And now he's like trading fucking shit tokens on Uniswap and getting rug pulled. Yeah. And he's like investing in, in projects in the DeFi space as well. It, it, it is recorded history. I believe the year was 2014. Uh, and... Mark Cuban was approached by the great Michael Goldstein, a.k.a. Bitstein, uh, who, who told him that he should stack sats and, and that Bitcoin is the best money ever. They didn't listen. Maybe he's salty from that encounter with Michael. I believe it was 2014. The video evidence that happened. He's definitely salty. That is very obvious. Yeah. It's like another layer of the social attack, too. Uh, we, fed, we fed the troll. The VC back to Uber, Jason. He came out and like that, they're like let, that's that's why I wrote the the newsletter today. Just blinders on, focus on what you have in front of you. Like it's it's only going to get louder. It's going to come from like this House Democrats committee that's going to like pump stable coins and CBDCs. It's going to come from the shit coiners. It's going to come from the no coiners. It's going to come from the environmental hysterics. Uh, it's going to come from. Uh, the socialists of the world, it's going to get louder. There's going to be more people coming, more countries adopted. They're going to have uh, more people coming to show them Bitcoins. Can't let it get to you. Something I've learned over the years. You have to always try to come back and focus on like, all right, this stuff's going to happen. Definitely call it out. And you should call it out when uh, it's necessary, but you can't let it drive you crazy. A lot yeah, of I mean, I was I was going through my spam folder today, and there was, you know, someone sent me a newsletter about putting your blinders on or some some shit like that. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to articulate here. No, I agree, dude. Like, we got to just the freaks have to just. That was a really good vent. All jokes aside, uh, one of your best recently. Um, but uh, and, stay honestly, humble and stack. Just fucking build. Focus. On top of that, I don't get triggered by everything out there. It's like it's it waste you waste too much energy, and you'll you'll come to find like we just we just explained how how Mark Cuban got rug pulled in a, a shitcoin scan. This happened literally almost exactly four years ago. Well, it really triggered me, and being triggered is weak, but you, you can get triggered. You can be aware of your triggering, and then you can push back against it in a structured fashion. I think we don't have to have complete blinders. Um, I, I think these things aren't a threat to Bitcoin, but they're a threat to individuals that get trapped in them. You know, Mark Cuban's audience, for instance. Yes. Um, and recently this week, um, you know, you have, we had the the official Bitcoin delegation go down to El Salvador and it was just all shit corners. And, and he gets his way in these things, man. People wonder, they're like, how, how the people dude wonder like why Bitcoiners get angry. The dude from CNBC, South Africa blinders. This is why it's like blinders. This shit happens literally every cycle. Like we can go back to like, Brian Kelly's shilling Nautilus coin on CNBC in like 2013, 2014. People are like, this is stupid. It just happens every, every cycle. Yeah. But there's, there's, there's new freaks that aren't aware you know, who Brock is, who this is, and they're learning experiences, right? So that they, we should be focused. We shouldn't, um, you know, life is short. You shouldn't let it hurt you, but. Definitely should have let it hurt you. 
Please. But these are educational experiences. And, and I think, you know, there's a, there's a place both on Bitcoin, Twitter, in individual communities, meetups, Telegram groups, RHR, this podcast, where we talk about these things as educational experiences, right? These, these, are, these, are, these are learning lessons. Yes. Um, and every time a Bitcoiner does something good, there's a thousand fucking scam corners waiting in the winds to take advantage of that opportunity. Um, and we're always up against it. And you have to be active. You have to be actively. And I know this for a fact. Then when, when our boy Jack Maulers was talking to the president of El Salvador, like he warned him ahead of time. And because you have to, right? You have to be like, look, as soon as this legal tender bill comes out, Tron is going to build a headquarters there. Balaji is going to tell you to do El Salvador coin. You know, Brock Pierce is going to come with his official delegation. It happens every fucking time. And, and if you're prepared, then maybe you can stop some of the pain. Maybe you can stop some of the hurt. But ultimately, the majority of people are going to have to touch the fucking stove and learn from that. Yes. And don't let it distract from what you have in front of you to accomplish on an individual basis. And then uh, Bitcoin is to be successful. Like, just focus on that. And that's why I said in the newsletter, like my, I, me personally, I have like insane just insane confidence that Bitcoin's going to succeed, like seeing uh, what's happening in the mining space alone. So just blinders on. It's it's only going to get louder, especially if, if price goes up. Um, so Marty, do you think it's a coincidence that fucking BitCloud got listed on its first exchange this week? <laughs> no. I'd, it'd be a very interesting coincidence. It could be. could be. You see Breedlove says he's still investigating? He hasn't made his decision yet on BitCloud? Is he trolling though? Was that like a trolling response? No way. Did you see Brian Armstrong? Brian Armstrong opened his BitClout. <laughs> yes, I did see that. He's got four million dollars with the Brian Armstrong tokens. Uh, you see Coinbase added Shiba Inu token. I saw, that. I saw that. That's regulated a regulated Bitcoin exchange that's selling surveillance software to the U.S. government added Shiba Inu token. Hey, that's what you're able to to hawk when you when you give all the information to the government. The thing I, is, I see where you're coming from. I know exactly where you're coming from. But if we don't call out our own, you have who to the call, fuck yeah, are we? I agree. We have to call them out. But like the point, I'm, I think with the energy stuff, I was, and again, I wrote that letter to myself today because like the energy stuff has been exhausting the last six months. Like consistently talking about, it. it's like in my mind, it's like all right, blinders. Like everybody's made their decision. It's like see you on the field. Like just wasting Did you time. See Lex Friedman. <laughs> Charles Hawkinson, longest podcast. Five hours. I just spent five hours with Hawkinson, dude. I've, is he thirty three? He looks like he's. If you needed proof that Lex Friedman is an idiot pretending to be a smart person, there's your fucking proof. Yeah. I was like holding back because he talks so fucking slow, but damn man, clearly, clearly a fucking dumbass. Well, if you talk slow, doesn't make you seem smarter. Lex is going to have to live with that for the rest of his life. On his podcast, there's going to be a five-hour fucking episode with Charles Hoskinson. Did you listen to it? Of course not. I can only imagine what they talked about. I think I saw one clip where Charles just contradicted himself within the span of three seconds. I think that's the tweet I saw. Apparently, he said Bitcoiners have calling been calling it digital gold, but now called a store value, not realizing that gold is a store value but yeah no it's 
again, it's only going to get louder. Charles Hoskinson, uh, Vitalik, uh, Brock Pierce, they're all they're going to be around. Because remember, yeah, remember like CNBC South Africa came out and that dude just had a bunch of shit coiners on. Ran your... Yeah. I'm sure, he's going to be back. Crypto man ran. Yeah, I mean, CNBC does. CNBC proper does. The it. only responsible thing is to diversify into 100 different shit tokens. Well, dude, it's crazy that CNBC still lets Brian um, Kelly talk about anything outside of Bitcoin. Dude, he did Nautilus coin in 2014, 2015, and then he like told noobs how to market by Ripple literally at the all-time high in 2017. Like Three years later, just like pushing more people into another scam. One thing I would say though is, and maybe I'm, I know I'm a broken record freaks. This shit's bullish as fuck. Five hour, <laughs> a five hour podcast with Charles Hoskinson on fake PhD man over there. That is bullish. That is extremely bullish. He got a ton of engagement off of it. He thinks he's the coolest man ever interviewing the founder of, of Cardano. Cardano. Dude, that is like the number one shit coin that people ask me. About. Like, what do you think about Cardano? I'm like, I don't think about Cardano. That's, getting repetitive now too like a dull a lot of a lot of noobs are getting fucking washed up into it marty yeah yeah it's fascinating it's perplexing really it's it's cheap it's a unit bias bullshit yeah but like how many how do so many people know about cardano like i don't see like an immense amount of cardano shilling in my every day like where on coinbase where's that happening i don't know where is that happening and what is being said? That's what, that's what I'm interested to find out. It's definitely on Binance. Wouldn't be surprised. And it and it's probably on Coinbase. It might not be on Coinbase because the VCs didn't get into it. And Coinbase usually only lists things that the VCs want to dump on retail, which is why they didn't have Dogecoin until like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the play, right? The VCs just get in early. Their bags aren't aren't pumped well enough. Like, all right, Coinbase launch it. Let's rip. Rip dump. Who cares about Shiba Inu coin? What is the value? What is the value prop? It's the token. It's not even a it's not even a proper shit coin. It's like an NFT? No, it's just like an ERC20 token. Or maybe it's on Binance chain. I don't even know. I assume it's I assume it's an ERC20 token because I don't think. Coinbase list finance chain tokens, but I, I don't even fucking know anymore. I, it makes me feel like such a boomer sometimes. I was going to say, we are the biggest boomers in the space, probably. I wear that that with pride. Okay, I'm happy to be a millennial boomer. I like that hat. Is that a new hat? No, this is had this. I've worn it on a couple live streams, but yeah. I'm uh, very uh, get, getting close to like peak butthole surfer right now. Um, it's that time of the year down the shore where... Just put a t-shirt, shorts. Don't put, don't put flip flops on. Even walk to the. I moon. like your, I like your background. How are you able to breathe on the moon without an oxygen tank? It's uh, a feat of human ingenuity. The moon isn't real. I'm here to tell you, freaks. <laughs> we made it up. The Earth is flat. The moon doesn't exist. You're in a pod right now. Um, cheers to ride or die freak Kita. Uh, who lets us know from Wikipedia that Shiba Inu is an ERC-20 token on the Ethereum blockchain and is based on Dogecoin. It brands itself, quote-unquote, the Dogecoin killer. <sighs> Coinbase. Are you buying Coinbase's stock? Are you buying coin? 
short it. I mean, don't short it. Just buy Bitcoin. Yeah, don't short it. Don't trend to zero in terms of Bitcoin. Don't short it. Isn't that financial advice? Don't short any equities or anything. It's just fucking all clown market. Just buy Bitcoin. Stay humble and stack sats. Agreed. That's a good segue into shout outs before I forget. We got good two idea. This week. I'm glad I reminded you. <laughs> I was on this one. Okay. <laughs> Open letter to volcanoes by Evil Bukele. I had to say this in a sexy voice. Damn volcanoes. You're so damn hot. Like you don't even know the way you make that steam mine those blocks is fresh to death and way cooler than mining with farts from the ground yeah that right great american mining come at me anyway <laughs> bit clout okay right, that was a good one fuck big clout was a good way to end it i don't know who wants me was that a sexy voice so i think the big cloud scam shit is in full swing they also capped the supply did you see that tactic they did uh, I mean, they got it added to blockchain.com. No one should use blockchain.com to buy or sell. They added they the blockchain.com? That was the exchange ad. That was the big exchange ad that they added. Huh. Um, I'm assuming they're about to add it to Coinbase. That's why Brian Armstrong tweeted it out. And they capped the supply at, I think, like 10 million tokens or something like that. No, so the scam is in full swing. Make me want to rip the blinders off and be like, is this like a is this like an attack on Bitcoin? Like something so it's not an attack on Bitcoin. It is it is literally a chain that was designed to be an integrity bounty on influencers. And if you can be bought for thirty thousand dollars worth of fucking illiquid shit tokens, then you have zero integrity whatsoever. What's is your that, is that obvious? What's your how many Bitcoin? What? What's your price? To the sell? freaks gave me shit. What did I say? I said like 5,000 Bitcoin or something and the freaks gave me shit. Never sell your integrity. This is a trick question. Yeah. I'd take 5,000 though. You just never see me again. I don't even know if that'd be selling my integrity. That'd be, yeah, that'd be your walk away. I, uh, <laughs> I, I'll tell you one thing though. If you're a cuck out there and you're defending someone and saying that the reason they do something like this is because they're trying to improve their OPSEC, like that's just like just I don't know. Go have some self-respect. Like that that's some bullshit. Like there's no way, like this is not like if if, if you want to walk away, fucking walk away. People will forget about you within six months. Was, was like you don't have to you don't have to shill a fucking bottom tier shit coin, you know, to do it. That is that is just fucking cuck mentality at its finest, like uh making those excuses for people. Where is also Kevin Pham? Was he a self-sabotager? To walk no. away. He was a fucking idiot. Hey. Hey. I agree. Uh, thank you for the week you d- for the work you do to illuminate the nuances of Bitcoin to newer freaks. I've learned more through TFTC, RHR, and Citadel Dispatch than by any other avenue. The quality of guests that you interview is outstanding from a humble sad stacker down under, trying my best to avoid staying poor. Let's out. fucking go. That's what it's about. Cheers to you, freak. That is what it's all about. You do Pass that. it on. Pay it forward. Become an Uncle Jim. Become an Uncle Jim. Do not trust us. Or an Aunt Jane. An Aunt Jane. I like that. First time I'm hearing Aunt Jane. When did you come up with this one? I don't know. It came up like two hours into either a dispatch or an RHR when we were drunk one time. This is, uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Uncle Jim, Aunt Jane. Let's go. June, Jane. Jane's good. I like, I like Jane as well. To all you Aunt Janes out there, thank you for keeping it real and helping people avoid third parties outside of yourself. 
MicroStrategy. Can't stop buying Bitcoin. We talked about macro strategy last week, right? We're done with shout outs. We got two shout outs. Yeah, we got two shout outs. My bad. See, the freaks are bullish as fuck. They're like, they're hoarding their sats. Yeah. Good to you, Good to you freaks. Um, freaks. Yeah, we talked about macro strategy. Both their are... new holding company for their Bitcoin. Yeah, but okay. That's what I was saying. Like we talked about that last week. So this week's news is the issuance of a billion dollars worth of stock, correct? No. So okay. last week we discussed that they were seeking investment in their new bond offering of half a billion, 500 million. 500 million got oversubscribed like 3x. I think it was 600 million and went up to like 1.5 billion. Was the final. No, I think it was, they were asking for 400 billion. 400 million. They were asking for 400 million. It got oversubscribed to one and a half billion, but they only took 500 million. Uh, and then I, I assume because they have to pay 6% on it, like six plus percent, the board was like, that's a little bit reckless. We can't take that much. And then after they did that, they announced that they may be selling up to a billion dollars worth of stock to basically buy more Bitcoin with, which is a little bit more responsible because that's you know not debt on their books. No, that's stock rest they're allocating to speculators. So, yeah. Damn. He's going to get those Bitcoins any way he can. He's just trying to... Thank God Bitcoin's not proof of stake. Like, imagine if this was happening to a proof of stake chain. Then it's then it's just a fucking attack. It's just a straight-up attack. What would the hand-waving around that be? Yeah, oh, don't worry. Oh, he's just trying to secure the network. Yeah, he's, he's don't worry. It's for the cause. He's for the cause. <laughs> he's got this. I yeah. believe BTC Pins is asking if it dilutes stock. I'm pretty sure it dilutes the existing yeah. MicroStrategy holders. Yes. Definitely would, right? You're adding more stock. Yeah. It would be different if he was selling his stock or like existing holders were selling their stock, but I'm pretty sure this is diluting existing holders' shares, which he doesn't really care about because all he cares about is Bitcoin. So he's teaching you a strong lesson there that you should have bought Bitcoin instead of MicroStrategy stock. Agreed. I'm just looking at the prospectus right now. So they might not do it. They got they announced that they're thinking about it, so they have approval to do it. They can sell up to a billion dollars worth of stock. Yeah, it looks like it, yeah, it looks like it would dilute dilute everything just the yep. stock offering at the mar- market price of the time of sale. So yep. here's adding to that. How do you feel about him accumulating all this fucking Bitcoin? I, mean, I don't care that he's accumulating all the Bitcoin. He can. He's doing it. Because it's not proof of stake. I, I'd like to think I'd have the balls to do the same thing if in a similar position that he was. Um, yeah, no, it doesn't worry me, worry me at all. I worry that from a protocol perspective, like he doesn't have literal control over the consensus cult, uh, code because of that. But again, like the meat space things. Mining council, but I have to go listen to it. Uh, Behind closed doors, he could... He obviously has more, the more Bitcoin he has, the more influence he has behind closed doors, right? Yeah. Like when he's talking to these people, like he's like, the the unspoken thing is I have over, I have control of over a hundred thousand Bitcoin, right? And he could dump it if he got angry, right? Or he could say I'm swapping into Shiba Inu or something after having like a Shibu token position. So he does, he does get some extra influence from having this much coin, but like not really on the protocol level. These are all short-term things. These are not, 
a long-term uh he can't stop taproot for instance because no. he owns more tokens no i mean we learned that <laughs> in 2017 no yeah i'm more worried about again just hyper vigilant around the mining council stuff that's the stuff that worries me more than the amount of bitcoin he has on his balance sheet personal or micro strategy our boy ftb makes a good point that if you believe in bitcoin it's not really dilutive because then they're going to hold an additional billion dollars worth of bitcoin on their balance sheet so if number goes up like your stock is worth more anyway yeah that's a good point uh, if, if 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 bitcoin goes down then it was dilutive as fuck but if it's just based on your Bitcoin holdings and you own an extra billion dollars worth of Bitcoin because you'd sold a billion dollars worth of stock, then it's not really that dilutive. Oh, well, the dil- it's not dilutive in practice if your unit of account is Bitcoin. Well, the stockholders aren't getting paid out in Bitcoin. They're not getting dividends of Bitcoin or anything. Like but the value of the company is all based on the value of the Bitcoin it's holding. It's equal to dilutive. Like the individual shares before the time of the sale would have been worth more in the future. The main the- thing MicroStrategy does is hold Bitcoin now. They're a Bitcoin holding company. Is it MicroStrategy or MacroStrategy? It's MacroStrategy. MacroStrategy is a subsidiary of MicroStrategy, and it holds the Bitcoin. Okay. All right. So it, so he's got a point there. Right? That makes sense to me. I mean, definitionally, it's dilutive. It's dilutive to current holders of the stock. I would think, at least. I could be wrong. I'm not CFA certified or I don't have my Series 7 or anything like that, so it could be wrong. I think definitionally it's dilutive. Yes. Right. But they're putting a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin on their balance sheet. Yes. The stock will go up. And the point I'm trying to make is the the shareholders now before the sale would be happier. That's a good point. Like, Could the returns on the Bitcoin that was acquired because of the the sale of the stock? Will go up. Yeah. I mean, we assume it's we're We're bullish, right? I'm getting semantics here where FTB is right. And that's true. If that is... If the bullish case does play out. Yeah. As Bitcoiners. Bitcoin's our unit of account. Yes. So talking about stock dilution on TFTC. I love it. I love it. I'm loving this rip, bro. And I lost my place. Swiss broker. Relali raises two points. Relay. <laughs> Relay. Relay. How do you pronounce it? Relay. That's what I went with. Just spell just spell it out correctly. So they're a pretty cool exchange. They do they just basically focus on auto stacking. Yeah, it's a it's an app. It was like a an amber or I went on their podcast so oh. with their founder, super young guy Julian. How'd that go? Seems like a great dude. I, in proper Matodel fashion, we talked through uh, business strategy that he should should employ on the actual air, um, but yeah, they, they focus on auto stack, auto withdrawal, and they have no additional KYC, so it it, it does involve a bank account. You give them an Xbox? Um, no, that's what we talked about on air. How's they this? reuse addresses. Is this a case in which you would be okay with reusing addresses? No. No, we talked about that on air. They should either add XPub or Paynim support. Mm. You know, you shouldn't reuse addresses, period. Yeah, Paynim probably be the best way. Paynim is the easiest. The only problem is your user needs to have Samurai because no one else has added BIP47. Yeah. 
receiving payment doesn't have to be live. It's not like PDEP, right? No, that's the cool part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be beneficial. But anyway, their their heart's in the right place. Great service. I'm glad to see them raise 2.7 million in their Series A round. I haven't heard like a good quality dev rebuttal to BIP 47. Like why? Why is that such like a controversial thing? Why don't why then implemented more widely? Something I would like to know. Like what because are the the powers that be said that they didn't like it, so it just didn't fucking happen. You're talking about like Greg Maxwell specifically, right? I think it was Luke who poo-pooed it. Was it Luke? The 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 main argument is that it uses block space for the initial pairing transaction and that it was a non-efficient use of block space. But the mempools are all clear and we're in the middle of a bull market in 2021. So let's use the fucking block space, man. And you can do it without block space if you do it in a semi-centralized way where you have a centralized coordinator handle it, similar to the Chaumian coin joins. But the nice thing about doing it on chain is you can restore everything from a single seed. You restore it from the seed, the wallet scans the chain and can see the notification pairing transaction. So you're able to do it that way. Could Uncle Jim coordinate that? The option that allows you to use less data? You need like... uh, you need someone who you can hit the server when you want to restore to be able to know what the address is generated where, uh, which is why it's nice on chain. Cause it's there forever. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, a, I think it's, it's fantastic. It's something we need. I would love to see more wallet support it. I, I know I'm, I've been trying to get Hexa to add it. They they're working on it. Yeah. And I'd, I'd love to hear some opposing arguments. Why? It should be implemented. That's like again, like I haven't heard anybody on the dev side articulate articulate like aggressively against it. It's interesting. Yeah, well, Sam- the main argument recently is that a, a lightning solution will deprecate it before anyone has even implemented the on-chain solution. So, so the main the the main use case for something like a paynim. Mm. is is I want to set up payments, whether that's a, a, a stacking service or an employer or donations where I can just give you a fixed text key, right? Just text, copy and paste text. But instead of an address that you're just constantly reusing the same address, you can use this fixed text to generate new addresses or new payments in a privacy preserving way, mm. right? Or in a way that is a way better privacy than reusing an address. Was it leverage um, rendezvous routing or something like that? So for me, we're we're content creators, right? Um, like to accept donations. It would be nice if we didn't need a BTC pay server to accept donations. If we could just have a text string, right? Mm-hmm. And we could put that in our Twitter bio. Or you could put that wherever. You can put it in a QR code um, on a video or something. And people could donate to you in a privacy-preserving way. Activists, perfect example. Why should they have to run a BTC pay server to just accept donations in a way that doesn't completely destroy their privacy and their sender's privacy? Paynims solves that on chain. Lightning teams are working on Keysend, which is like 
you have a fixed public key, so I'm not sure how privacy preserving it is, but it's not showing up on chain. You can't see the payments coming in, even though the, the pub key is fixed, right? So it's still better than a reused address. LN URL, right, is another option, but that requires a centralized server that's just sitting there on ClearNet ready to relay it because you're basically going to a, a URL link, hence LN URL. But that's the use case that, that, that needs to be solved is a major use case. And a lot of, a lot of Bitcoiners would say that, that it'll be a lightning solution rather than an on-chain solution. But I say, you know, just Why let's not? get all the wallets to implement pay names. The mempools are clear. Let's just do it for now. You know, we got at least five years probably. Says the guy who like three weeks ago was like the mempools are never going to clear again this right. cycle. But and that's like, again, just trying to, what's the fee market trying to steel man this because that and just would that be a decision made in haste that people would regret in the future because like oh why are people using bit 47 um when we should be saving block space potentially that decade from now but it would get priced out right like the mempools are clear marty the mempools are clear i can't oh, argue both sides i can i mean i am that's what i do here <laughs> that's what i do here at tales in the crypt when will the uh, when will the mempool be like a hundred blocks deep again? Is that our next bet? What if it stays clear for like the next two months? Then everyone should integrate paynims. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Integrate paynims and use fucking CoinJoin. You heard it here first. Implement paynims and co and CoinJoin more freaks. Open up like every spend should be a coin join until the mempools are fucking packed to the fucking gills. Let's fucking go. I'm trying to think like paynims on the Lightning Network. What would it be like with Schnorr and PTLCs? You'd have a rendezvous payment path. You're looking at it the wrong way, Marty. It's just a, if you could do a fixed text or a QR code, QR code's just an abstraction of text, right? Yeah. QR code's just a visual version of text that can be scanned. Agreed. So if you could just have fixed text that you can pay in a privacy-preserving manner, then that competes with paynims. And the, the two main ones are Keysend, which we have in Sphinx already, and Podcasting 2.0, and LNURL. Okay. All right, we'll see. We'll see what wins out. Why not use all? Why not both? And if well, any paynims... The nice thing about paynims is you don't need inbound liquidity. So for an auto stacking service, uh, something like Swan, right? Which I've been trying, Swan's working on adding paynims. If you had paynim support in Swan, you could take a dedicated Samurai device. You take a Pixel 3a that you buy for like $200, right? You install Calyx on it. You remove, you remove uh, Google from it and install Calyx on it. Very easy to install Calyx now on a Pixel. You take the paynim, you give the paynim to Swan. Then every time it, it'll auto stack, auto withdraw to a new address on your Samurai wallet. And then ideally it would just automatically coin join, but worse comes to worse. You just press the coin join button, it coin joins, and then you send a cold storage. It's a nice flow. It's like a, it's a very, it's a, it's a, it's a privacy enhancing flow in a KYC environment. Obviously it'd be better if you didn't know KYC. But in, in a KYC environment, is is the most privacy preserving flow. You don't need inbound liquidity, and it, it's doable today. Yeah, you provide optionality, which is one thing that we love here. The TFGC's optionality. Let's get it going. If you're a developer out there, wants to come on and discuss the trade offs 
about bit 47 i'm uh, genuinely curious to hear because it makes a lot of sense to me right especially when you factor in like the dissonance and all that good stuff that that like it just inherently intuitively having used it be a samurai it makes a lot of sense um so yeah if you're out there you want to come talk let's talk uh fast bitcoins now available in australia this is uh basically you can buy via vouchers and stuff like that online correct? i think they've switched they're like mostly banking focused now <sighs> with awareness they were originally like vouchers like azteco i think they do both but they have lightning support they are a kyc service but i don't think australia has many options so it's nice that they and we have a lot of australian freaks that are stuck down there because it's a prison state uh so now they have another option available to them really is it's insane what's going on in australia and canada and the uk and probably here it's probably australian canadian and english freaks being like oh that's crazy what the fuck's going on over there in america i just combined all all uh uh, all accents there. I mean, it's crazy to see like Stefan, he can't get out of the country for, you couldn't get out for Bitcoin 2021. Uh, I think I've told this story before. I had a good friend uh, who lived down the street from me in Brooklyn. He's Australian, moved back to Australia during the pandemic with his whole family, got there. Um, it was like, holy shit, mate, this is fucking intense. Left, now he's back in the US and Texas, just like globe trotting to get away from the the Orwellian cattle herding that went on last year. And it hasn't stopped. It hasn't stopped. Canada, Australia, well, UK. To our Australian and Canadian friends. And our British friends. If we can help in any way to help you get out of your fucking prison state, let us know. Or DM don't DM me. Keybase, Telegram, Threema, it's all on matadel.com. I don't I I've stopped checking the DMs are overrun. Don't don't DM me. The interface is horrible. Because I'm at um, the DMs are overrun, but yeah, here's the hope when we get past this. It's in here in the US, uh, it seems that some of the politicians are beginning to posture differently. Cuomo being one of them, um, scoffing at the idea of a, of a vaccine passport this week. Seems like they're reading the, the public tea leaves and, and adjusting on the fly as they do. In America, it looks like the vaccine passports will be limited to private companies and private events and stuff. Yeah. But that's what I say. Like, Yankee stadium or something. Yeah. But even Cuomo was like saying yesterday, I think I saw like, no, we're not, we're never going to do that. If you're vaccinated, you're fine. If you're not, that's your risk. I think that's what he said. I mean, fuck that shit. No one should comply with that shit. If, <laughs> if somewhere makes you do that, just say, fuck you. I'm not coming. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, take money. Like, like speak with your with your money. Don't spend money at places that are going to do that to people. Russell Okun, he wrote a letter to the president of Nigeria, urging them uh, to adopt Bitcoin and seize on the opportunity that lies um, before Nigeria and its people. Um, not too long of a letter, only like uh, eight paragraphs. But yeah, I mean, Russell a had a letter in Miami. Yeah, incredible letter that. Really, I love Russ. Russ is the fucking man. He's a real one. And he's thinks very deeply and, and intently about this stuff. Like we when we had a conversation um, in Miami, I was extremely impressed with um, 
just like the breadth of knowledge, the understanding of the particular juncture we find ourselves in, um, in this point in time, like we get the Panopticon or, or we live free. We may be witnessing something that has happened many times throughout history. And many people are just frogs boiling in water, not understanding the, the urgency that is needed to, to get away from the dystopian state encroaching on all of our civil liberties. And like we just said, mentioning the vaccine passport in New York, there's beginning to turn tone on that. But did you see like the James Cordon, uh, the fuck's her name? Uh, was with some pop star, like just doing some like crazy propaganda skit on getting the vaccine. Yeah. You posted clown world. Yeah. Clown world. I mean, I mean, that was, this is probably going to get kicked off YouTube, but like, they like held up. Finally, you admit it. But it's like, like it's so weird. Again, it's again theme of the episode. This rip is it's creepy how overt the theater is. And like they're in the street, like on mainstream late night. But the thing is, they got Fauci on the thing. And it's like, but but do you think like a directive? Do you think like a directive was sent to him from like the top or do you think he's just has a cuck mentality and knows he gets good engagement from it and believes it and fucking did it. And he had like a celebrity on there with him or whatever. Right. They did like a musical Very representation. Awesome. That's who it was. Uh, I love that. I don't know who she is. Like I did not recognize her. I, I love that. I forgot who she was, but no, no, I'm dismayed that I remember, but I don't know. Like, is it state TV or was it just cuck mentality engagement? Like, how do you tell? Because that's what I, t- I trend or I tend to right now believe that maybe it was what I said it was earlier, somewhere in the middle. I mean, we have literal Freedom of Information Act documents that prove that the three-letter agencies have leveraged the media to push certain narratives in the past, whether or not this particular skit about the vaccine. But you see Colbert? Yeah, right. That was another thing. John Stewart on Colbert, but like Colbert was like, no, not the John Stewart part. No, John Stewart was based about that. Yeah, no, I didn't. What? What? Other, that's the only Colbert thing. I'm aware John of. Stewart mentioned the Wuhan lab. Like, yeah, yeah. He made yeah. jokes about it being obvious that it was a Wuhan lab. Yes, that's which the obviously is not state directive or cuck mentality. No, that's the Colbert thing I'm aware of. What are you talking? Right. Colbert opened up live studio audience with vaccine passports. You're only, you're only allowed to be there for vaccine and no one was wearing masks in there because they were all vaccine vaccinated. So they, they had the ability to be there. Unlike the, the unvaxxed hordes or whatever. Right. As I sit here in front of the, the movie studio where we, where we fake the moon landing, like I got like, but my point is I think Colbert believes that. Like, I think Colbert was, I like I, I, I don't think like you got like a state directive that said, you know, push the vaccines. I think he's like maybe was doing maybe this for my city. Is, I is people Colbert should get vaccinated. Or is there somebody at NBC like above him or CBS, wherever the hell he is? I don't that, know. Like is somebody above him? You're like, all right, Stephen. Like we're gonna get you a live audience, but here's here's the protocol. No, um, well, we don't know. I think it's somewhere in the middle. Like, we do have proof via government documents that have been accessed via the freedom of information act that propaganda campaigns have leveraged mainstream media. hundred percent. Yeah. We don't know. I just think a lot of it is 
like influencers just having cuck mentalities and just believing it. And then they, they yeah. push that opinion on, on their audience, obviously. I mean, there's the concept of the useful idiot. A lot of these people are useful idiots, right? Like what about all the people on Twitter that were, they would post the mask profile picture or the vaccine card. Right. Again, right? so this goes back to the nudging, the nudging, the social pressure. It's a, it's a form of nudging that equates to coercion slowly over time. You get nudged first. You, you tweet about like, maybe we should wear a mask and then you change your avatar to you with a mask and then uh, yeah. your vaccine sticker. And then it's like, if you don't have a vaccine sticker, you're not to, you need to be put in a camp. Um, How did we get to this? Slowly, but surely. We, oh, we were talking about Russell Okun article to nigerian government yeah um which is a really good article uh i just wanted to be clear um and i think russell agrees but i think it's important to petition the the leaders and the governments because that's the cleanest way but ultimately um bitcoin is going to be adopted by the people first and then governments are going to begrudgingly follow along when they have no choice um most of these leaders have very little incentive uh, to adopt Bitcoin, and they won't because they don't want their people to. They don't want their people to have freedom, and they don't want their people to have money that they can't control. Um, so the people are going to adopt it first, and then they're going to force the hand of of the leaders. Yeah, well, at least Russ has gotten this into the radar of the politicians there, where now they're more incentivized to. Or maybe they have less of a reason to fight Bitcoin in the future. It's like, all right, we have documented evidence that Russell recommended that we we buy Bitcoin on June 12, 2021, <laughs> in uh, July of 2024. Um, and they're like, oh, we, we, we didn't even look into this. Nobody was telling us about it. So like, no, we have a letter here. It blew up on the internet. We know you saw it. But he drives a good point. We're early in the the nation states uh, accepting Bitcoin stage. Who's going to fall next? And as more dominoes fall, how quickly do new ones fall behind them? We shall see. Maybe none fall at all after this. I think the IMF steps in, World Bank steps in, U.S. government steps in, starts cooing these countries, starts shutting this down. Part of me wants to predict those things just so they don't happen, you know? Based on my prediction record lately, you should you should probably just for good <laughs> juju predict all these things. Right, kidding. You know, I think they're going to try. I I think the IMF and world the strong world governments are going to try to stop this movement. And I think if they don't, then we're in the wrong movement. You know, agreed, agreed. It's coming. And maybe they're just inept, but. Wouldn't yeah. count on it. If it you're happens, already. just be happy. It's here already. I mean, not here in the United. I mean, here in the United States, it's here in one form or, or another, but not as intense as what's happening in China. They really are kicking miners out, which seems to be the case. It's an attack on the industry in China. Now, again, looping back to the conversation from earlier about Ongrevis off grid, like as these. Miners begin to migrate out of China into new countries in Kazakhstan. We're saying, all right, they're getting there. And then the Kazakhstan government's setting up and saying, yep, yeah, uh, there's too many of you. Like, this is too much. Like, as they continue to attempt to plug in throughout the world, like, how many more of those instances pop up? And, I mean, again, like, we're discovering the attack vector uh, as we venture out into the future. 
um, not until the issue is forced, maybe find out how viscerally the governments will fight back. And this mining migration is, is something that will provide a lot of data over the summer, I think. Well, I appreciate them attacking miners while no one was using the chain. <laughs> You're on a roll today. Everybody listening, go send a transit. Actually, I don't want to make a <laughs> Go do a coin join. If you've never done a coin join, do your first coin join. You can pay one sat per byte. It'll fucking go through. Well, maybe if we go over that, there was a freak in the Sphinx tribe. Something we should mind. A, it's a point. It's about 1,750k sat fee to mix a half a Bitcoin in Whirlpool. So if you're going into the 500 million sat whirlpool you probably want to be a big dog and do like multiple do you understand how the fees work in whirlpool yeah they're tiered right they're flat based on yeah. the tier you flat, go into yeah they're flat based on the tier that you're in so if you're like i was saying if you're going to do a 500 million sat pool coin join probably want to do you mean 50 million no it's half a bitcoin oh yeah 50, 50 million mm-hmm. yeah 50 million why do I have a billion in my head? Yeah, if you're going to do a 50 million set um, coin join, you probably want to do at least 400 million. You want like you want like at least six UTXOs to happen afterwards. It's just like my rough number. So so if you're doing a half Bitcoin, which is the 50 million sat pool, you're looking at like three Bitcoin going in, um, which is a lot for a test. So go test in the hundred thousand sat pool, right? Which is significantly less fee. You do like six UTXOs in there, so you come in with like six hundred thousand sats, um, and you end up with six UTXOs on the other side because it's flat. So, so if if you if you put a Bitcoin into the hundred thousand sat pool, or you put a hundred thousand sats into the hundred thousand sat pool, you're paying the same amount of sats as your fee. So yeah. the more that goes in at the same time, the cheaper your your percentage fee. And the reason for that is because they're all connected to the same individual. So a good actor that's not malicious, that's not trying to sibyl the pool, is going to pay a significantly less amount of money than someone who's trying to run eight instances at the same time, all sending into the same pool at the same time to try and de-anonymize people. Um, it's a sibyl resistance aspect to it um you know if you're a more advanced user you can go use join market significantly cheaper but you know care about your privacy try these things use the tools send a bitcoin tra- send a bitcoin transaction to yourself pay one sat per byte send a transaction to your friend withdraw from cash app for the first time download a wallet moon wallet blue yeah. wallet green wallet whatever it may be oh. really like a moon lately I'm still uh, green's falling behind blue wallet moon samurai. Obviously if you're on Android, you know what we need out there was surfing on Tuesday and it was with Breeze wallet was with my old from the, the hot dog stand down here and he's a Bitcoiner now I've converted him and he, he's like my parents age and he wants to accept Bitcoin at the hot dog cart. And I'm thinking, I'm like, all right, like how can we do this? Like we need like blue or moon to, easily allow you to plug in like point of sale information. like i need three breeze has that okay breeze has that okay breeze has a built-in point of sale mode where 
it's just a it's just you can put in point to sale in person and you can just transact if you have an in-person store okay. so we're going with breeze for the hot dog stand 100 percent. breeze is perfect for that right, and if you want to do podcasting 2.0 breeze is great too yep all right i knew but breeze like you need a full node or you need like- no the negative of breeze is the lightning first wallet yeah but so it's need- really lightning transactions only but if you're selling hot dogs you shouldn't be selling hot dogs on chain are well, you going to want a bunch of UTXOs that are $3? I agree. I agree. I agree. That's what I like about Moon because Moon is, they put them both, Moon puts them both together. You can do on-chain or Lightning. With Breeze, it's Lightning first. The only time you're really using on-chain is if you're withdrawing from Lightning or if you're adding to Lightning. So how's that look? You just scan the QR code and record? Moon? Yeah. With two U's, by the way, guys. Until yes, they change their name. Yeah, Moon with two yeah. U's. Yeah, you just scan the QR code and they just know and they'll just fucking do it. And oh. if you only have Lightning funds, they'll swap on-chain. And if you only have on-chain funds, they'll swap into Lightning, do a turbo channel, and they'll just fucking do it. This is the future. This is the future. You, you, but the user doesn't have to know. You just scan the fucking QR code. Any, any Bitcoin QR code you scan, except for zero payment Lightning invoice or LNURL, which won't work, well, Moon will pay it. Uh, I was hearing two years. I was hearing today that QR codes are not safe, insecure. No, that's so. That's what NVK posted. I saw that. That's what I'm referencing. NVK is concerned about people not checking what the QR code is is displaying because a human can't look at a QR code and know what's there. We have no idea what's there. <laughs> Maybe one or two out there. That the some autist out, out there. Yeah, there's definitely an autist out there who can read QR codes. You should verify on your screen after you scan anything. Exactly. So you scan the QR. Rodolfo is worried that you're going to scan it and not look to confirm that the address on your phone is matching the address that the user wants. And his argument wasn't for payments. His argument was for a, a cold storage hodl stash. Yes. And in that case. If you're tramped, you know, he's a little bit biased. I mean, his device uses SD card, but if you're transferring a PSBT, partially signed Bitcoin transaction on a, on a micro SD from cold card, it's plain text. If you open it up, if you open up the file, you can see everything that's in there. It's a text file. Yeah. It shows the amounts. It shows everything in there. If you're doing an animated QR code between two devices, Let's let's be honest. You don't really know what's going on between the two devices. It's just showing like flashes of QR codes, and the other side's just reading the QR codes. You don't really know what's going on there. Can't confirm that in real time. Right. I doubt there's a anyone on the planet. The real answer for the hodl stash is multi-device multi-sig, which we've talked about on this podcast a million times. Rodolfo would fight you on that. I don't think he would. I thought Rodolfo was anti-multi-sig. No, he just thinks that. It's not necessarily for everyone because complexity is a killer. I agree. But that is his view. He doesn't want, he doesn't, and I agree. I don't, you don't want to rush people into multi-sig. No. But ultimately what we want is as many people to be using multi-sig, multi-jurisdictional multi-sig, mixing it with things like he offers like seed XOR, where you like split individual keys as well. So you have multiple seeds, but then also the seeds are multiples. You have the countdown feature that he has on cold card now where you can set it where 
it takes a week to fucking after you put the pin in it takes a week to open your cold card you have the auto murder puppy sale auto murder puppy set rip r.i.p yeah tested that feature out on on the poor little puppy set there's levels as we were explaining earlier if you have not ever sent bitcoin to a personal wallet start practicing fees are cheap mempools are cleared right now they clear it at this moment that's the other thing that's weird too is like blocks are coming in they're almost 11 minutes right now so you think they'd be going up what is going on maybe the chinese miners that are migrating were making a lot of transactions maybe the beauty is we'll never know exactly what it is matt what's going on with the software updates we haven't had any in like three weeks they just haven't really oh electrum should be on this list i'm not seeing it yeah i forgot to put electrum on the list all right what did they upgrade the android builds are reproducible now Ooh, that's a that's a pretty big up, update and the lightning pathfinding is improved anybody using their lightning implementation i'm not i haven't either i think a bull market man it's just there's not as many big updates that are happening right now which is fine I'm getting a little bit tired too. Pretty boring. I respect it. Pretty boring bull market. Right? Or is that just me? Ben the Carmen saying LND released a, a few minutes ago. I mean, they should know to release before for before RHR. But go check that out. I guess there's an LND update. But the, the updates have been slow just across the board right now. All right. I assume a lot of the teams went to Bitcoin Miami too, Bitcoin 2021. Just delayed things. Can't work. Can't work and go to a conference. <laughs> Back to updating that software. I kid. I kid. Yeah, Elect- Electrum got updated. I forgot to put that in the list. All right. If you're running Electrum, be aware. Please try not to connect to external servers if you can. Yeah, use your own node. Use your own node. Find an Uncle Jim. If not, if not, you're probably linking your XPUB and your transaction history to a three-letter agency that's running a node in the cloud, an Electrum server specifically. Bitcoin Beach article in Business Week. I expended all my Bloomberg articles earlier this month, so I was not able to read it. Past the first three paragraphs. It seems like a good expose. It's just mainstream coverage of, of Bitcoin Beach. It was a good article. Good uh, you know, you don't expect that much from Bloomberg when it comes to positive Bitcoin articles, and it's a very important project, Bitcoin Beach. Um, I salute everyone who's been working down there. I look forward to making my pilgrimage down to El Zante, which I haven't done yet. We're going in November. Definitely. Because that's but, when it ends and that's when like the surfing gets good. But between now and then. You and your lady are going down in November? I haven't decided yet, but maybe we should. Me, my lady, you and your lady. Got to make her a pilgrimage. Well, I'll tell you one thing. When I do make my pilgrimage, I'm not going to telegraph it four months ahead of time. So um, you'll know a week after I've left. Okay. Yeah, you're much better at this than me. I didn't even realize <laughs> what I was doing there. Bitcoin Beach. Again, credit where credit is due, Mike. Uh, the strike team, uh, everybody working on Galoy, the, the wallet there as well. The citizens of El Zante, they 
paved the way for for this law i would argue right like proving that there's interest and there's good energy around the community working on this stuff um i think definitely got the conversation to a point where i was like all right maybe we should consider this just a small little surfer town on the coast of uh, el salvador pushing bitcoin forward what are your thoughts on the whole bitcoin beach being sponsored by an anon rich bitcoiner that guy's such a fucking hater he's been short bitcoin publicly since 2014 so he go fuck himself maybe maybe he knew maybe he's a time traveler who came back and was like all right we need to get a, a nation state in the game before 2022 you have all these social justice warriors that just like talk about like fucking freedom and making people have better lives and better opportunities and don't do fucking shit all. And they're just fucking resentful because Bitcoiners are actually doing it in an actionable way that's actually working um, instead of just fucking talking about it loudly on Twitter all the fucking time. I mean, people, people think the Twitter fingers are going to do it. We actually have to get out there and it kills them inside. It does, and it just proves it's like the fiat standard, right? Like you know, all these people want all the gratification, all the the um, the gratitude. You know, they, they want to get like all all the attention uh, for no work. They don't want to do any of the hard work. They want a virtue signal that they care. Um, but when push comes to shove, of actually hitting the streets and doing something, very few people are willing to do that. And then so again, the, the other beauty of Bitcoin is yes, there is a certain extent to which you have to hit the streets, but there's other things you can do um, from the comfort of your father-in-law's bedroom that could, that could help push things forward. Um, and people are going after it. Like, again, we're at a critical juncture. We either make this happen or we get, uh, we get fucked into the panopticon. Still dismayed. There's no transactions in the mempool. We have no software updates as Bitcoin stagnating. Dead. Is Bitcoin stagnating? Dead, dude. There's no transactions. There's no software updates on anything going on. It's not an electrum. I'm not fudding Bitcoin when I say I wish the mempools were more full. I just think he's fudding Bitcoiners. He's saying you're not doing enough. Or no, I, I just I I think it's I I think first of all, Bitcoin is not fucking stagnating. Um, period. End of story on that. As far as the mempools go, I think it's a sign that people are using custodial regulated cuck fucking services. And I, I, there are a few shows that will tell you that. So we're that show. Do better. And a couple others, apparently. But yeah, no, I mean, I think I agree with you there. And like I said, in the beginning of the episode, what if there's data on chain data? I know you were shitting on on chain data earlier, but if you could like dissect the new signups on exchanges and on chain data, people moving to freshly created assets, excuse me, uh, addresses uh, at amounts that would signal to individuals and not, not like exchanges and stuff. Is there a education lag that shows up on chain? Like it could be it, right? Like we were 60,000 in, January, if somebody didn't panic dump, maybe maybe they're convicted and, and looking to learn more. We shall see. We shall see. 
Got anything else you want to add? We should powwow on. Um, I'm excited for Bitblock Boom. I am as well. It's sneaking up on us already, end of August. That'd be good. <laughs> well, so this is Marty Zal's chirping in the uh, in the comments. Maybe you were right. Maybe 200k by conference day was just talking about the wrong conference. Is this? I'm not gonna get pulled into this trap again. Well, hey, this is. What's the worst that could happen? You're wrong twice, and it's like we're back in where we are right now. Or you you go down as a legend. Like I was actually talking about Bitblock Boom, not Bitcoin 2021. Little Jew, you you freaks now. Look, you know, I uh, I'm extremely bullish on Bitcoin. I'm I am literally all in. There's no hedge. <laughs> there is no fucking hedge. If I am wrong about Bitcoin, I will have generations of descendants will know I was wrong about Bitcoin. Um, what they say about they that. will be like grandfather Matt, grandfather Odell was extremely wrong about Bitcoin. <laughs> um, uh, we had to pick up, pick up the shambles he left behind. But uh, that was the only time I've ever given a concrete price prediction. And I'm just not going to, I'm not getting caught in that fucking trap ever again. Yes, that is not going to happen. You wonder K by conference day. It sounds good. You know, it's just had a nice ring to it. You know, fucking sailor was saying he was going to do a hundred K party. I wanted to top him. You know, I wanted to be above him. We had like Scott Minard, who's still fucking with us. You know, he said, he said like a week ago, two weeks ago, he's like, prepare for a volatile weekend. And then this week he's like, crypto is the future, which by the way, every time one of these rich guys says crypto or blockchain or digital assets, we're winning. Yes. That that's that's our edge. That's our alpha. Why is that our edge? I mean, we're winning because it's our edge because that means he's diversifying into like Ethereum and Shiba Inu token and shit. You know, I he's love... not just fucking aping into Bitcoin. Is there that's what... our edge? What... Our edge is we're aping into Bitcoin. It's like the Berkshire in a humble way. The Guggenheims of the world. We're staying humble and we're stacking. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Like the. The egos in the banking and fund space, I could see them watching the DeFi people like we're replacing you, and they just like try to join them, and they build like even crazy. They're like, "Oh, you guys thought you guys could could build crazy financial products? Wait till the pros get in the game and prove how big of a con it actually is." <sighs> Matt, two hour rip again. Thank you, freaks, for for staying with me. I'm a bit under the weather. Um, but I, I think it was a good one. There's a lot going on. It's a little quiet on the software front. Blinders. Blinders, freaks. Supposedly there was a Spectre update, which I did see come through the wire, but there was no release notes. And did you meet Did you meet the third best Ben, Ben Kaufman? I did not. In Miami? Apparently he was waiting in line the whole time. Oh, so I got fucking wrecked with Ben multiple nights in a row. Hey, he's underage. And, uh, oh, I mean, we didn't drink at all. We just got wrecked on Bitcoin. We were just talking about Bitcoin. Um, and he's of age in Israel, where he's yeah. from. Um, the, I think they're adding liquid to it, which, you know, one of the biggest liquid shills in the business. You're, but, a, big, you're a big liquid shill. 
are you pay- not really relevant in a no man pool environment <laughs> at all are the whatsoever you the blockstream spook that has infiltrated tftc <laughs> are, are you the spook i you know i'd be a great spook people should assume that i am one i tell everybody that i'm worried matt's a spook he'd be a great one Marty would be a fantastic spook too. Yeah, I'm giving away the conspiracies. I'm on the set of the moon landing and just telling people we did it. I'm the worst FBI agent there ever is. <laughs> I can't believe you just called me out for, for Ben being underage. <laughs> <laughs> it was an honor meeting him. Look, he gave me he gave me one of the original Spectre DIYs, which is hilarious because I didn't DIY. Like it's yeah, dude. It's supposed to be do it yourself, but it was done by someone else, but it was still an honor. How do you know that's not like a ledger scammer? I haven't plugged it in. It's Ben a ledger scammer. It was still an honor, though, that he gave it to me. Yeah, Ben's a legend. I'm bummed we didn't get to meet in person. I'm trying to remember if we did, so I don't sound like an asshole like we did me. I'm pretty sure we at did. At one point at my Miami Citadel, we had five Bens in, in the Airbnb. Were they trying to alpha each other? The key is you had to tell each of them that they're the best band. You pit them against each other. Yeah. 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 This is a, this is how you pit people against each other. You tell them all, Hey, you're the best man. You're the best band there is. Maybe I am the spook. I can't believe I did that. It was fun. <laughs> Whoa. Man. Man. Uh, yeah. I mean, legal in Israel. I think that, that reciprocates once you come here. I'll just say it does. Uh, what else should be aware of? Um, I mean, this is a good rip, Marty. It's a good rip. What do you think about the uh, U.S. Open? I'm rooting for our boy. We have a Bitcoiner in the Open. Nick Batia's cousin, I believe. I don't know. They share the same last name. I don't. I don't ask those kind of questions. We're Bitcoiners. We're not supposed to ask age, location, relationship. Yeah. All right, I'm cheering for Bati in the U.S. Open. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Yeah. That's the rip this week. Moon landing happened right here. I love you, freaks. Stay humble, stack sets. Peace and love.